Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M O L M M. What? Feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got Disney paint. You done got Disney paint. No. 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 All right, I'm Ben. That's Jason, and that's Corey, and we're doing our holiday special. Happy Yay. holidays, everybody! And I mean that in the most political way possible. Ooh. Happy Ooh. holidays, whatever that means to you. <laughs> I don't mean absent of holidays. I mean every single one: Christmas, Kwanzaa, Saint Lucia Day, Boxing Day is nearby, Flag Day, Festivus, Festivus. Did we say Hanukkah? Hanukkah Maybe. again? If not, yep. or if we did. Man, Twelve all times, the even Thanksgiving's again. Times, Pur- you know? Purim, it's just get ahead of it. Yeah, you might as well. Labor Day, a little Labor Day. Early MLK Day, love it. Mm. Uh, why don't we should have a Malcolm X Day? Early or late Malcolm X Day Absolutely. as well. Throw them all. This is when they're all happening. I'll right tell you now. a few reasons that's never going to happen. <laughs> oh. That's a whole other episode. It I think has to do with how days work. Side quest. Uh. Side quest. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to mom the other day or today about like scary times that we're living in and all the fear mongering and stuff that goes on in our own brains and like how this the present time's always the worst time. And I was like, of course, yeah, mom, you were like in your mid twenties when the president, his little brother, and like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were all assassinated within like five years of each other. Yeah, fun times. And I was trying to like imagine like if that was like Obama or Trump. And like another, like another, po- like famous politician, and I was like, "Who's the, the most famous black man in America?" Neil deGrasse Tyson and <laughs> Denzel Washington were both were all four assassinated. Yeah, but instead, Ben, eight hundred thousand regular Americans have died. Hey, a couple of them were cool. <laughs> I bet they were. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, listen, the I guy from so. Fountains of Wayne. There you go. I love right Fountains there. of Wayne. So oh. you know. I want to sink to the bottom with you. That's my Kennedy. God, that's a good I want to sink to the bottom with you. you. That song is so good. Man. That thing oh, you do. so fucking good. That thing you the do. The whole movie. Oh, man. Rest in peace, <laughs> Adam Schlesinger. God. Absolute oh, treasure. Rest in peace. Um, Rest in power. But you know what? I just want to, because you brought that up, give like a little shout out to your mom because... One of my favorite episodes of your old podcast, beside the episode that I was on with you, um, of best album ever, was when your mom was on talking about Woodstock and the the album from Woodstock. And I feel like her perspective politically on that moment and sort of contextualizing it was incredible. So I think, you know, when she talks about what it's like to live through unprecedented times and really contextualizes them in the historical moment and all that kind of stuff. She really got what was going on (laughs) at that particular moment. And that makes me think, you know, when you're trying to say like, oh, mom, you lived through all this stuff. She's like, you know, she's got a good context for what that means. She went to one of Bobby Kennedy's speeches. Yeah. Months before he was shot. Like, she was in it. Incredible stuff, you know. So shout out to Glee. Shout out to Glee. For that. This is not a helpful thing for Glee, I'm about to say. Who's the lady who sat on my dad's lap? It was um, Mariska Hargitay's mom, uh, Jane Mansfield. Yeah, yeah, like right before. That's the thing I always... What? Wait, do I not know this story about this, Jason? (laughs) Jane Mansfield sat on on our dad's lap? 
Yeah. I think when they were dating or engaged or wait, something too. Wait, when who's the they here? When mom and dad were dating? <laughs> when or when when your parents when were dating, not when your dad dating was dating Jane James Mansfield. Mansfield. She died in 1967, so it was long before they met. Yeah. Uh, but he was like he was 21, and they were hanging out. Married in New Orleans. She died in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, he was no. not married at that right. point to Anne. It was before he was married. But I'm <laughs> I sure love he was that this is even else. a question. Your mom and your dad come across very differently in this discussion. But yeah, yeah. before Jane Mansfield was decapitated, she was in a she... car accident, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The the truck. Yeah. Marishka yeah. Hargate was in the back seat. Oh no way! I did not realize that. Tough. Yeah. It's a wow. Gnarly story, dude. Wow. She and her brother were too short to yes. have uh, gotten popped by. Okay. The so truck. I definitely heard that story. Tough start to the holiday episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <We're> just... <laughs> so I... in the Christmas season, this is it's a very Gremlins version of the holiday. Yeah. yeah. I definitely heard that story when I was a kid. However. Okay. okay. Could not attach proper names to it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I knew the whole story about the car accident, right? Right. But what clearly began that story was my dad telling someone, you know, <laughs> yeah. a few weeks earlier, she was sitting on my lap. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> cool, dad. And it was like, I think it was, she was singing at like a lounge or yeah, something, something, and he like was in the that. front row, and she sat on his lap during a song, and like for a couple seconds, it wasn't like... They were at a party and she sat on his lap or something. I think that's that's the version. I think that that's my understanding of that story yeah. as well. I think that story changes based on who he's telling it to. That's also probably very accurate. <laughs> I, I don't know if it does, actually. <laughs> Knowing dad. Uh, not a lot of shame involved in the way he tells stories. Especially because Corey heard this story from mom. <laughs> 20 years after they got divorced and it was pretty bad then so, yeah anyway. it didn't it didn't sound <laughs> great <laughs> all right video game stuff uh thank you dear listener for getting to this episode this is the end i think of our sixth full season of month pretty awesome uh we've gotten this podcast. far it's like 80 or 90 episodes wow. if you count all the side quests so i should I count them this all. is my third year-end episode isn't it yeah that's that's over yeah. half of our pretty lifespan awesome. now Oh, I love that. You are Mumph. You are, you are, oh, for the are I am as Mumph as us. It's it's all Mumph now. <laughs> all your Mumph are belong all to us. All your Mumph are belong to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and shout out uh, to, yeah, to our listeners. Thank you so much for, to our Patreons. Yes. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you. And, and thank you to our guests, especially. Mm. To Brent for just like a month ago being on our sports episode, which I think we talked about. Uh, it started because we wanted to talk about the show, which we ended up talking for like two minutes on that hour and a half long podcast. But that was a really fun episode. Thank you. I was listening to all of our bloopers today as I was putting together our blooper reel. Thank you to my children for uh, being on the Donut County episode, yes. which I totally forgot that they were on. I did like a three minute little interview with them. Oh, I definitely did not forget that. I love that. They love that game still. Talia especially. She is all about Donut County. And what's the little, I don't remember the little raccoon's name. She talks about them all the time and like. Oddly, I can't remember I either, but I've played it a few times since then. Initials. So. He's got initials. JP, PJ, TR. We're on the same page, Crash but we all know that I am the same person as your children. You're totally BK. Boom. Nice. BK. Burger King. British yeah. Knights. Solid. Burger King. Okay. And then I put your names and then a hyphen and then people you're supposed to say thank you to. Well, I, I thought we were going to okay. read them as kind of an in memoriam type thing, so I was all prepared to say <laughs> Mark, Mark Lewis. In the pa- Mark pancaked Lewis. by a garbage truck. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Uh, Mark, it was so good to play Super Mario 3D oh, World with you. Oh, man. Uh, Baby of the year. <laughs> Pancaked by a garbage truck. I don't think they're supposed to say the way that they die. Shut up. No. <laughs> Doesn't usually come yeah. up. <laughs> Doesn't usually come up. They're old. It's okay. They're not babies yeah, anymore. They it's grew okay. up. They weren't babies like when they died. Old. <laughs> oh, Sam Richardson. Uh, Corey, who would you like to thank? I would like to thank my little sister, <laughs> Ed, for yeah, joining us hey. to talk about Spirit Fair and oh, for being my long-suffering little sister who I rant to every single day, including about 20 minutes before this podcast started. I was ranting at her. And uh, thank you, Ed, for joining in on that game and being a cool-ass kid. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> he's a cool let's kid. Let's get more guests next year, but um, let's let's have these ones on again. These are some good <laughs> guests. I know. It's a, it's a good yeah. time. Yeah, for sure. Was that everyone? That was everything. And yeah, speaking I guess that was a... of British Knights, by the way, did any of you, you did anyone own a pair of BKs? Do you remember those at all? Well, those no, the yeah, I, basketball yeah, shoes? No, right. I didn't. Um, I definitely did. But one of their competitors is LA Gear. Oh, I definitely had And LA we are Gear. now, remember the, the, now LA Gear, I believe, originally started as a laces company before expanding into shoes. And the weird laces was kind of their thing. If you're still feeling nostalgic, that's because we are now doing the LA Gear Lights Award for the most nostalgic game oh. of the year. Ben, <laughs> take us ben, there. Don't say it. I totally forgot that was the name. <laughs> I totally forgot that was the name of the first award. I was like, this is a weird advertisement they're doing for this company that definitely does not exist anymore. No, they that company died of cocaine. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> sure. And I don't think we had LA gear lights because those were expensive, I thought. They were That's like, like the one expensive thing I ever had. I had in my pumps. Okay. was the LA lights. I had LA gear pumps. Oh, yeah, I thought we had the Reebok pumps. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Reebok. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Was it? That was like Ross dressed One with the basketball... That you pump the yeah. basketball. Oh my god, Ben, I love oh, that sweet. you just <laughs> said Ross dress for less. My mom That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> went to, my mom when she Do you moved like it, to, I love it, I got it the rock. <laughs> <laughs> when when my mother moved down to Southern California to live with us, um, there was a goodwill down the street from us. Mm-hmm. And she she wanted something or I, like I don't remember exactly why she wanted to go to the goodwill, but I bring her to the Goodwill, and she comes out 20 minutes later, very jolly, and she goes, that's the nicest Goodwill. It's like a Ross dress for less. <laughs> it's like, A, <Okay>. wow. <laughs> B, you can just call it Ross. It doesn't. No, it's Ross dress for less. You don't need to call it by its Christian name. <laughs> its full name is Ross dress for less. Right. It prefers to be called Ross dress for less, and I will refer to it as Ross dress for less, okay? <laughs> I am your mother's it, child. As long as the Lord is watching me, I will call it Ross Dress for Less. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm uh, sorry. What are we talking about? Ben, what was your amazing. most nostalgic game this I year? I do love a good, clean Goodwill, too. I get it, dude. I've walked into Goodwills I mean, before yeah. and been like, okay, this is a Goodwill. And sometimes you go into Goodwill and it's like, it's is this a Target? It's, Not quite. It's, no, it's, yeah. Is it a Ross? Is this a Ross? That's the, that's, right. I, I was are exaggerating. Are we in a Marshalls right now? <laughs> Holy nice. shit, this is a TJ. TJ Thank you. I knew the third. Oh, it was there. I was hoping. Bump set. Oh. TJ Maxx. Oh, I'm a Maxinista. By the way, <laughs> TJ Maxx, I went to one like a month ago. It's way better than Marshalls and Ross. No. Talking about, what? Wait, wait. I take it back. It has way more options than Ross and Marshalls. Ross and Marshalls yeah, are essentially the same. definitely not Good the prices. same thing as being better. No. That's yeah, you're right. Everything you're right. at TJ Maxx has expensive. holes in it. Yeah. It is chaos. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I just mean it had, like, it had like dog beds. 
It has a bunch of kids' toys in it. It had like a bunch of like crazy. You know, there's like that the weird four aisles in Ross that are like frames and knickknacks and like a couple throw pillows. This is like half the store is that kind yep. of stuff. Marshalls has swung that way hard. TJ Maxx. Well, was it a TJ Maxx Home Goods? Is the is the question? What is it? TJ Maxx Home Goods. So so Home Goods is it's like a yeah. Taco Bell Pizza Hut. Is that a thing? And, and Marshalls Home Goods is the ones that we we have. We don't have TJ Maxx Home Goods, but man, I bet they're all yeah. the same company. Yeah, it, I yeah, would I would true. bet that they're all they're owned all by Unilever. Getting the same or sweatshop ass mm-hmm. stuff in there. Damn it. <laughs> But they're like the knockdown sweatshop stuff. Right. Well, that's so the thing. Made... That's the thing you're oh, making the choice of. Am I going to pay hundreds of dollars for stuff yeah. that was from a sweatshop or $5 from it? That's the capitalism. I Great. don't know if there's a right answer. No, there isn't. Oh, okay, so you cool, go to cool. Goodwill. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. So you go to Goodwill. Exactly. <laughs> and you, you get someone's reused yeah. stuff. That's how it works. Uh, I went with Escape from Monkey Island is my most nostalgic game of the year. It's like straight chalk here with the Escape from Monkey Island because we played that. But if you'll remember, dear listener, that was the only Monkey Island we had not played ever before. That's true. That's right. So it was a lot and it was totally different writers and design and developers. Uh, but still just seeing Guybrush run around and Elaine bossing him around. It was just brought me all the nostalgic. Cor- Corey, chalk is a uh, basketball term. And Thanks. so just think like face turn. In fact, it helps like translate it into wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Doing yeah. My best. Nice. Feel great about Go that. Sports, sort of, whatever <laughs> wrestling is. We will find a way to find common ground between all of our sports. Corey, tell me of your nostalgia. Well, mine was Super Mario 3D Worlds, which Mark and I played together. And I believe, Jason, it was just the, you just and me. me and Mark that one, that right? Was? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously what that game does is take all the things from the old Mario games that you loved and throw them all together into a much more, uh, modern version of them, uh, which was very difficult in some ways. I wasn't great at it. Uh, and yet it was still super fun for me to play and brought back just kind of those, those feelings you get from playing a Mario game, you know, like it's just, you can't help but feel that warm sense of home when you play Mario. That's just what it is. That game whipped. Is it actually those old levels recreated? No. Yeah. It's like, so like, well, it's not like, it's not (laughs) like, um, what's the other one that like actually Odyssey. Oh, no. There know. was the one that came out that was like literally like we just made Mario 64 and we made Yep, Mario All-Star. Mario 3D All-Stars. Mario 3D All-Stars. Oh, this wow, one wasn't yeah. like that, but it would do oh. like there is a sand world yeah. that you're oh, okay. in that is similar to it sand. Was like referencing. World. It did yeah. a really so good was... job of referencing everything and yeah, exactly. it was really good. Yeah, without it, it's not the same game. It right. just okay. takes you back to the same things world. that you liked from the old. It was a really good game design. And it just yeah. ends with a straight up like near automata level kaiju fight with you and Bowser and you're on a giant dinosaur. Like it was amazing. <laughs> Which I obviously, as I said in the episode, I did not make it there myself, but I YouTubed it. It's good. Uh, right? Because it takes me 10 years longer to finish a game than anyone else. We appreciate that about you. That's why you weren't on the last yeah. two episodes because you, you started on Hades and it's going to take you three months to get the four months to get there. <laughs> And in February, we'll be able to record an episode about Hades. I like Hades, Hades a lot, but I, it has, I've been playing, I looked up how long the gameplay was supposed to be for Hades, oh, yeah. and it's like eight hours it? or something like that. Wow. Okay. And I have been playing oh, wow. the first 
like boss on Hades for like four and a half hours. Good. They're, Corey, they're counting that in their eight hours. What? They're counting Are, that. Yes. Mm, no, no. I mean, like, I know it's supposed no, no, no. to take to, time. Corey, to beat the game once all the way through takes 30 minutes, no more. Mm. Well, no. Okay. Like, to get like, through. Theoret- I, I, like, I, if you were to. I played at least three hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it yeah. will take you 12 hours before you get to a place where you can right. beat it in 30 minutes. But you keep dying. Okay, the yeah, time yeah. that you actually beat the game, though, from the moment that you yeah. are like reincarnated to the time you beat that final boss, it will be thirty minutes. It's well, it's much like my going under, but we'll we'll right. talk more about that so as it, we go through. It, it it may take you longer, but for me, I was stuck on that first boss for like two hours. Like you've yeah, been on it's it for been a lot more than right? two so, hours. So it's, it's longer for you, but but I don't want you to feel like I will never. Oh, I feel finish great this. about. It. I'm having a great time. And you know don't about uh, you know about you know God I mode? like this. I'm good. I'm so glad. I do know about God, okay, cool. mode, but I haven't put it on yet. Because... And it's it's not supercharged. All it means yeah. is that you will upgrade a little bit more quickly. It's like one percent more quickly. Yeah, and we will we'll circle back to this because I will talk about how I have fixed my experience with Hades and other things a little later in this podcast. Yay! I can't wait. Nice. So right. let's. Uh... Well, my most nostalgic. Game with Psychonauts 2. Uh, we just talked about yeah. it, I feel like. Uh, but it was like, it was like, I just kept playing Psychonauts 1. It like brought it all back. It was so great. And not just that, but it brought back all the Tim Schaferness. It brought back the last 30 years of gaming. Um, it was wonderful. And, and what a great game. What a beautiful game. Corey, please go just watch an entire long play of it because it's such a great journey. I'm just really bummed that it's not available for Switch. Like, I genuinely wanted to play that game. This is the one before that, obviously, I opted out of because I was like, I just know that I'm not going to be into it. This one, I genuinely really wanted to play, and it's just a bummer that it wasn't available for me to be able to play. Someday it, it will. Someday you'll find a, yeah. you'll have a system. It'll work out for you. And I look out, I look forward to that. I mean, we, we all played Psychonauts, you know, 15 years after it came out or whatever, right. or 10 years after it came out. Exactly. Um, yeah, Psychonauts There's an enduring really element of it that it doesn't matter if you play it when it comes out. So true. Okay. Well, then, <clears throat> let's get right into it with the uh, Spit Take Award <laughs> for the funniest moment of the year. Wet mouth noises. <laughs> My favorite ASMR videos. <laughs> Uh, for me, the funniest moment of the year uh, happened in the episode on Spirit Fair, in which I tried to explain the fact that my mother kept interrupting my attempt to beat the gold dragon. Oh, wow. Tapping all of us. <laughs> and, uh, and Ben casually threw in, um, oh, is that what we're calling it these days? And... <laughs> All of us and my little sister lost it. But I think my favorite part of that situation was my sister sort of negotiating between finding it funny and very awkward. So while we're all laughing, she just does like a little, oh, geez. (laughs) And and, like, yes, we have now made a masturbation joke. And Corey, in company of family. Sometimes these games are difficult for you. You just talked about Hades, right? Yes. But you marked that gold dragon, right? You you won that battle. I did. I'm just saying whenever my mom interrupts me being the gold dragon, I'm unable to finish. <laughs> Boundaries, Jason. We talked about it before the podcast started. <laughs> Boundaries. Okay? Wow. Uh, <clears throat> 
Oh boy, I'd have, I've got no nothing further to add to that. Jason, what was your funniest moment of the year, IRL or in game? My, my funniest moment was in, <laughs> in depth movie. when we talked about beating the gold dragon, and then yeah. Jason said, Ten "Seconds ago." No. <laughs> Um, I mean, that was clearly the funniest. Uh, so I'm just going to go with, with second funniest, which was this one. Uh, playing Deathloop um, online. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we've got this clip somewhere. We should post it uh, again to our feed. But um, I've, I've got one of these special powers where I can make other people look like me. So the other person will try and kill them instead of me. Right. And so I do that to someone who's peeing off the edge of a building. And then it's like me peeing off the edge oh, of the building. Yeah. It's like, ah, that's funny. And the second I do it, I, I watch the person that now looks like me just get shot from halfway across the level. And like their head explodes and they fall off the, the wall. And I was like, oh shit. And I look up and I start like sniping at this person like way across. And I'm like, cat and mouse, cat and mouse. Oh, I got this. I got this. And all of a sudden I get them down to like one health left. And you can tell, you can like almost see it in their eyes. They just wouldn't go, yeah, I'll fuck this. I'll, I'll take care of it. They jump and they run along the edge of like a series of paper thin banners that I didn't even know you could jump on run across the entire level, come up towards me, and then just double sprint past me and stab me in the back with a knife to get the instant kill. And it was like in this one fluid motion, and I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, I just didn't have a chance. We're not playing on the same level. Like, wow. <laughs> it's like a, just like a respect level. Yeah. Of like, yep, okay. Mm-hmm. You made me look like a child. Fair play to you. My goodness. Fair play. Ben, what was your funniest moment of the year, IRL or in game? I think the Michelle moments. There was a lot of like Michelle, and like that I had to like, like that quote. Ugh, Michelle, Michelle. your mom. No, okay, it was oh, mom. My- yeah, <laughs> or me. It was Jason and I being like Michelle, and then realizing that she couldn't hear us. Yes, that like, happens a lot. Ugh, mom, come on, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> this happens Get so your much on. Out, mom. Oh, look, the kittens. This happens so much on this Anjoag. It's incredible. And I'm just happy to have it acknowledged. Those are great. Yeah, exactly. We see you. We witness you. I feel really seen right now. Uh, And I think just all the stuff on the blooper reel. Because I went through that and I was like, I wonder which of these made the podcast that I can refer to that everyone's going to understand. I don't remember what made the podcast, but all those are going to make the blooper reel. And so I think that just mashed up together after the awards is going to be the funniest like, thing. And Ben's been sending them said some stupid to stuff. us all year. He'll just clip all out yeah. a little 10 second clip and go, oh, this is going the blooper reel. Like he, yeah. this is, this holiday episode really is our Christmas in a lot of ways. In a lot yeah, of ways. It's, it's, uh, now it's time oh. for uh, the award named after my favorite Monkey Island pirate, L'Esprit d'Escalier, uh, which, oh, yes. Corey, I can never get over Ben spelling this out phonetically. And I love that for yeah. the past few years, he's done both. It said it in French and then phonetically oh, the yeah. spelling. That's and possible. then I noticed this year he just gave up on the French. And now it <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. looks like a Monkey yeah. Island pirate. It does. It totally does. <laughs> That's amazing. De- I love it. The L'Esprit de Scalier Award. Yes. Biggest regret of the year. Yeah. In game choice, gaming, or podcasting. Uh, and mine is um, not playing the Outer Wilds DLC. Oh, uh, Echoes of an Elusive Eye, I think is what it's called. And I, I want to play it so bad. That was like one of my favorite games. And I just haven't sat down and been like, there's like a three minute gap between me and playing that game where I have to be like, how do I download the DLC again? Mm-hmm. And yeah. once I jump over that, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Ben, what about you? I yeah. went with my biggest regret of the year being getting off schedule again. I, I don't think anyone, including you two, cares. 
<laughs> at all no. about getting off schedule. I think last year we missed a, a I month. have literally zero idea what the schedule is until you text us and say, um, so technically this is due to Patreon, like, in a day? Yesterday? <laughs> right. <laughs> no clue yeah. otherwise. I appreciate the patience of our Patreons in particular. Yes. yes. Let me pee is there, sorry. Yeah. But uh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> P's are my yeah. favorite alliteration. There's nothing better than alliterations with P. Do you alternate the aspirated and unaspirated just for funsies? Don't even worry I... about it. Let's all move on. <laughs> Things I've never thought about until just this moment. Paper. I thought it was uh, weird yeah. enough pool. that I have a pool. favorite letter for pool. alliteration. Paper. Pool. Paper. See? I can't tell which one's which. No, like, I, I get what you mean. I just have never mm -hmm. thought about it before. And I think having more guests next year, as much as we love the three and a half, my kids are the half, uh, that we had this year. I guess mm. the three three kids, we had six guests this year. Never there you mind. go. That's, that's a lot. A, yeah, I mean, that's uh, a fair amount. You, yeah, you supply sure we'll a lot of humans to this world, Ben. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Everywhere I go. My whole life. <laughs> Just um, uh, my biggest regret of the year uh, was that I purchased Umarangi Gen Generation full price. Uh, oh, before yeah. realizing Tough. that I absolutely was not going to play it. It was just one of those games that, like, the moment I kind of, like, looked at the mechanics of it and, like, right. started to try to play it, I was like, oh, nope. no. No, this is not going to work the for colors, me. Duke. The colors, Duke. The colors. <laughs> um, yeah, I immediately was like, this is just, this appeals to nothing that I enjoy in a game. And, uh, and, and that's not to fault the game. The game, I listened to you guys talk about it, and it seems like it was wonderful um, as an experience, and I'm very for it. So it's not it's nothing against the game. It's just about the way my brain is set up that I knew I was like, as soon as I started, I was like, I'm not going to play this. But I did pay $25 <laughs> for it before realizing that. Honestly, the best group I could think of accidentally giving money to. I mean, that's true. So, that's a really yeah, good way of framing people we covered, like, I literally can't think of any other game dev company that I would just be like, eh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's a donation yeah. and I feel fine yep. about you it. Go. You have just you have fixed my regret for the Boom. year gaming wise is that now I'm like, you know what? I gave it to people that I think absolutely deserved it. So fuck it. I have no regrets this no year. Regrets. Oh, I love it. We're good. Uh, and our next award <laughs> is the THPS two Manuel Miranda Award for the coolest game mechanic. You wanna try that again? THPS say two. Manuel instead of no, Manuel. it's Manuel. No, is the joke. It's a Manuel. Oh, I I thought that you were trying Cause to because it's okay. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. Yeah, like I get what so you were in, doing. Lin -Manuel I just read it. Corey in Lin Manuel in skateboarding. Miranda. You see, you can do this thing called. <laughs> yeah, no, I got that. The THPS Two Manual Miranda Award for the coolest game mechanic of the year. I will go first, Jason. <laughs> you of course will be Mary. You will play Bird. Now I of course will be Mary. Uh, all of the photography. From Umurangi. <laughs> Umurangi generation? Okay, it's it's Kiwi, right? Maori. It's Maori. It's Maori. So yeah. it's Umurangi. Oh, really? When you say the G. Okay, good. Okay. It's Umurangi. Um, Umurangi. Was, why were you not on that episode? Just to like keep us in line. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely took a while to get hang of it. There was the first like 10 minutes or so. That was definitely a game where I called Jason and was like, what's happening? I don't know how to shoot anything. These enemies aren't going away. And he's like, that's not this game. Stop doing that. But yeah, it took a while to get the hang of it. But end up loving it the whole photography simulator with a strong poignant message like yeah it was really fun to talk about and just like 
really good storytelling without just like, hey, this is what's happening in the world. Like you get to discover it by immersing yourself in the world, taking pictures of things, learning about the characters. Really, really, really unique world build. I guess something, sorry, unique world building. What did you say? It can't be really unique. Oh. I hate myself. Oh, you you pulled a mark yeah. right there. <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and the next person would be Corey. Corey. So my favorite was the process of acquiring and using skills in Going Under. This game absolutely made me realize there was an entire genre of games that I had never explored yeah. and had thought was going to overwhelm me because I'd seen people play stuff like this, these like dungeon crawlers, these um, roguelikes. these roguelikes on um, Twitch and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that looks insane. And I could never possibly. And it turns out I really like them. And so the process of sort of the way that you would gain these different skills, have to choose which ones you could employ yeah. in the game by going to the little um, kiosk thing and picking who you wanted to be your mentor and what you wanted to be your special skill and then learning to use that thing really well to be able to make your way through a level. That was super fun for me. I think it really kind of... I really like in real life, too, working at a skill and getting better at it. Yeah. And so that game really fed into that for me to be like, okay, I if I work on how I use a giant arm right. in this game, what if you expand one of my arms and I can go through and figure out how to use that and which weapons work best with that giant arm and things like that. Was that one of the things? Yeah, one of the things was you can oh, make your arm cool. bigger and whatever weapon is in your arm is bigger so you have a longer reach. Cool. And so like figuring out how to use stuff like that the best way that you could really activated the part of me that loves gaining a yeah. skill. That's me in general. That's why I love going to the gym. It's like just my my thing is like gaining something. And so yeah. that really, for me, worked super well in going under. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Jason, what about you? What was your biggest <laughs> mechanic of the season? Uh, mine was pretty much everything from Spirit Fair. Uh, the oh, movement yeah, just yeah. felt oh, so, God. so good. But also all the other little things. It, when I was writing this uh, today, as I was putting in the notes, I just thought to myself, like, let's just take the next year off and just play Spirit Fair. Just like all your, oh, yeah. God, I know, like, let's right? just do it. Seriously. Let's just live. There is. Let's do it and be legends. Every time <laughs> Olivia brings it up, or I think about that game, I'm just like, God, I wish I was playing Spirit Fair. That is the uh, same thing, yeah. dude. Same exact urge. I'm it's just like, really why are we not good. playing that all the time? It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. On the exact opposite end of that spectrum, why don't we talk about the Rebel Assault Two Award for the most frustrating moment of the year? It's pronounced Rebel. <laughs> Thank you. It's not just me. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Rebel <laughs> Assault <Finally>. 2. <laughs> How mark of you. <laughs> I will start by saying that the issue that frustrated the shit out of me all year was that I had major Joy-Con drift. And listen, I know for everyone listening here who is going, well, why didn't you just send it into Nintendo and they'll replace your shit? I know. I know that's a thing. I know that's, I know that theoretically I could do that. However, <laughs> there's like a lot of steps to it. Um, and I did not want to engage with that. So every couple months I would Google, how do I get Nintendo to replace my Joy-Con? And I would begin reading the process and go, oh, hmm. 
and stop. And so I've just been playing everything with terrible Joy-Con drift for the past like seven, eight months. And it really screws with everything you're playing when everything turns to the right all the time. And so finally, just for the record, I said I would explain how I was fixing my issue with Hades and all of that stuff. I have purchased a left Joy-Con today. I Nice. Nice. Purchased it from Best Buy. They d- I did same day delivery oh. so that tomorrow morning when I start playing Animal Crossing, mm. I can play. And uh, I hopefully have fixed that. But that is my most frustrating thing throughout this entire year is that my Joy-Con was drifting and made everything so much harder. So, Corey, I was having the same issue. And yeah. um, I sent mine in. Um, yeah. But that'll also take a few weeks. And we were playing... Mm-hmm. Um, not Little Nightmares, the other terrible game that I hate. Um, whenever we play a scary children's game, I get angry. <laughs> if it's a children's game that's but scary. But it was this year, or was it last year? Oh, yeah, we did one that was, like, about a baby, right? Yes, it was like a baby, and you're wandering through a house. Among and... the Sleep, two years ago. That's it, Among the Sleep. Yeah, yes. right, Among the Sleep. And um, yes. yeah. so I, I sent it in, but because we were playing Among the Sleep, I needed a Joy-Con in between, and so I went and purchased a third party. So I got, like, the third party pro right mm-hmm. thing and that developed drift within like two weeks and then i wow. got the the repaired one back and that took at least like a month before it got drift again yeah see that's why it's like what it, if you play games regularly you can't just send your shit away like that you have to buy a new one yep it's, a, it's real hit and miss yeah so i feel fine about but. the 40 bucks or whatever i spent on my left joy con yep it's fine uh, it will make hopefully me less frustrated on the next season of month. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, especially for Hades, which is well, so... especially for Hades, which has been yeah. I have been stuck on Megara for the past four weeks, oh, wow. and I really feel that now either I will beat her or I will realize that it's my fault and not the controller. So one way or another. Uh, but Jason, let's talk about your most frustrating moment. Going under. With all of it. <laughs> just plain going under. Yeah, because you had the terrible glitchy situation yeah. with yours. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where it was like everything was super slow, that's nothing right. loaded. I don't think I would have liked the fighting in that game. It didn't feel good to me. It always felt a little bit muddy. But yeah, that just ruined it. <laughs> Where Because I think what works about that game so well is the humor and the dialogue. Yeah. Right. And so for the humor and dialogue to get super slowed down, where there's no rhythm to it anymore, I was just like, yeah. oh, it's bad. Ben, what about you? Uh, going under specifically the fighting. So remember Corey's <laughs> like, hey, the best part of the thing of like all the games in all the world and all the land was the fighting and going under. And Jason and I just like shot all over it. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> As always. Different manuals for different people. You know? Yeah. This so this week on Joe Egg, Mark asked me if I remembered the movie iRobot. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I remember iRobot because I really enjoyed it. And then the entire ride home, Jason and Ben told me how stupid I was for liking <laughs> iRobot. <Yeah. laughs> so this is all reminiscent of that. Which one? One of us. Welcome to my experience of Spider-Man 2. Wait, oh my <laughs> god, you idiot. I believe history has judged me right. It's like the <laughs> biggest like gif of this is a uh, dumb movie ever. Amazing. You and Spider-Man Jorge 2 both. holds up. You and Jorge both, who I go to, you're my Yodas of pop culture. They Spider-Man were. 2 is dope. And oh my god, Spider-Man spew. It's so bad. 
And it's God damn it, I hate it so much. I hate that you like it. I hate that you try to stand by it. Did you know that Spider-Man's getting married? He makes a real romantic hammock web and like a what? A hammock web. A hammock web. Yeah, and then him and NJ are laying in it, and Tommy Maguire's like, "I want to marry you." Who Maguire? Tommy Maguire and Spider-Man Two. Toby Maguire. It's a B. There's no B in it. There's like a spider. Ugh. Hey, hey, did you know if you spoonerize Spider-Man Two, you get tighter man spew? That's dirty. Yeah, I was like, was that on purpose Spider-Man or? Spew? We, it's Ew, we've done like. Five references to this stupid sketch comedy show called Super Ego. Just tonight. Like. Okay, got it. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what's yeah. going on here. No All that seen, to say, I'm Spider-Man very too? used to. <laughs> There's a wrestler whose name is Hangman Page, and one of Hangman the announcers Page. always refers to him as Hangman. Hangman. <laughs> Every time it makes me laugh, like it's like, oh, hangman bitch. Um, but yes, all this to say, I am very used to being at odds with the two of you, and I think over the past 20 years, I have developed a thicker skin about it than me stewing in the backseat about iRobot. It's not always because Jason and I are assholes, sometimes it's because you're an asshole. It's not a- usually because Jason, and I sometimes are it's just different strokes. That time you were being, yeah, no, that makes sense. We really were, I believe it. it was a moment of betrayal where. Someone that you thought was your friend <laughs> turned out to be your greatest enemy, a regular Revan. If I might spoil a twenty-year-old game as I introduce yeah, the that. Revan Award oh God. for the best came out. in-game moment uh, of the year. By the way, Kotor now available for Nintendo Switch in unrelated news. I'm gonna bleep, bleep that. What you will? Of that. <laughs> bleep it. Bleep okay, cool. What you will? Jay, what about you? When Bob Zanotto in Psychonauts two. You're, you're in his oh, head, yeah, and he, he looks over at Helmet. Spoiler. Um, Spoiler for... Uh, spoilers for Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Here it is. It's, it's going to take five seconds. Just jump forward. He looks to his mental projection of Helmet, the man that he loves, and Helmet has just said, I never loved you. I didn't care about you. And Bob says, you would never say something like that. And it's this realization that it's only his mental projection. Oh, so good. That that's how he talks to himself. And it was such a good <gasps> therapy move. It was just, oh. And that's it how was, I haven't even played that, and that's fucking amazing. That's oh how my he God. defeats. That's like how he wins. That's the climax of the story and of that battle. That's how he wins. This is how I win. Oh, I love that it's so deeply. Good. It's so good. It's so good. That's amazing. It, it, this, yeah, it's such a therapeutic game in so many ways. Um, I'm so here for that. They're just like, I love the opportunities that games take to like just draw attention considering we know the audience for games or at least the ones that are loudest about it are often white men. Um, And to be able to have those moments where like you acknowledge something like that, like a projection of something like a a self-talk of things that you that are toxic in your own mentality. It's just every time that shows up in a game. I'm so here for that. It was a really cool moment. Oh, man. I went kind of cheating on uh, on month because this wasn't a month game. But I realize it doesn't say specifically choosing from the month games. You're making caveats on your own categories. (laughs) I made this up. Welcome to Ben's mind. Old Ben can't control me. Uh, and spoilers for Last of Us 2, but um, we're hit the skip button now. I guess Tyler is the only one I know going to play this soon. All right. Playing I mean, as... put it in the timestamp or whatever. I love that we're Abby. stalling until they hit skip. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, because I hate it when people right. are like, I couldn't skip yeah. in time, whatever. Uh, playing as right. Abby, the okay. second half, where you actually switch to the antagonist from the first half. You play the whole second game as that person. Um, and it's 
just it's like this natural i think we talked about it on a side quest before maybe i don't know maybe just we've talked about it before but uh it it's this built-in like empathy engine that just like naturally it, it was like the big it was one of the big uh controversies of the the game right because you didn't get to play as the main character from the first one and you can you didn't get to continue playing as ellie Ellie, yeah you didn't get to play as ellie but as much as it was hard to like enjoy playing as abby at first because she just killed one of the main characters and person that you love uh it was really i don't know fascinating and like heartstring pulling and i don't know mm-hmm. yeah really difficult but also yeah it, it literally builds empathy in you because you start to love this pl- character that you're playing as for like 10 15 hours and then it gets to the end where you have to like face off with this other character you played for for 10 to 15 hours and it man really really well done and to to find that that was the the point of why they did that too when i started doing like not for development we didn't do it for mom but i started just like doing research into it just because i loved it so much that was really the reason they did it and they knew they were going to lose a lot of fans and they knew there was going to be uproar mm. they totally called that and they did it anyway i thought that was cool to see like a triple a kind of take and it's tough to say they took a chance or they made hundreds of millions on it or whatever but sure <laughs> i think they took a chance it's more than like call of duty took a chance on whatever characters or whatever so really cool twist and definitely the my favorite in-game moment in 2021 for for me, yeah. Cor, what about you? That's awesome. Yeah, for me, I think in it's. I mean, maybe I'm cheating a little bit also in this, but in Spirit Fair, I think any time you took characters to the Everdor yeah. is my moment God. of the year um, because it just you know if you if you've been listening to this podcast this entire time, you know that. With Spirit Fair, you're essentially playing this character taking people towards death um, and getting them sort of finishing off those last tasks that they have to do, those last amends they need to make, those things they need to figure out about the life that they've led. And then you take them to the Everdoor, which is, you know, taking them to eternity, essentially. And I think just the experience, especially given the world we live in now and how much death surrounds us and how much uncertainty surrounds us and all that kind of stuff, these moments where you got to these characters who you've kind of looked at as chores for one thing for most of this game, but like you really get to see what made them the way that they are and process the pain that they've been through and what that journey has been and how they're trying to think about what did life mean for me. It just really, every single time you took someone to the Everdor in that game impacted me deeply. And some of them had me like just absolutely sobbing, you know, like (laughs) where I was just like, wow. But every single one of them had some sort of story to tell and some very human element of them that I felt just deeply impacted me yeah. every single time that I did it. So I think when I think of like moments that stood out from this year in gaming, it's really hard to beat the fact that these things triggered my empathy and triggered my understanding of of humanity and everything in a way that I don't think any other game that we've maybe ever played has done. And that was the only one that the three of us all played. And so I, I you said that this is no. maybe... A, of the of that list of our, oh, okay. our picks. Oh, like, wait, okay. I know I missed a couple. <laughs> Everybody was that was the, yeah, the, yeah. the only one that all three of us played for our picks of best in-game moment. For best in-game moment, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I just wanted to say, you know, like, I don't think it was cheating. Like, no. the second right. I saw it there, I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, now, how can I get second place? <laughs> right, I can't, can't say the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah. 
That was good. Yeah, totally. That actually reminds me of the, I can't remember what you said, reminds me, oh, of the bringing people to death's door. Mm. I was looking back at 2020 games. I was like, how many we played? How many games have we played since the pandemic hit? And it's been 19, Ooh. maybe 20 games we've played. Oh, wow. And the first one was wow. Broken Age and then Kentucky Route Zero we were playing in March mm. of that year. So in my memory, Kentucky Route Zero was like a, and it was a pretty dark game. But like yeah. it is like chaos and confusion and anger and darkness. And I don't think that that game, if we played it right now, if I played it in 2019, would have that much like cloudiness and angst. But for some reason, and even I mean, Undertale 2 is like an underworld, right? Mm-hmm. But there's like a darkness to those like couple games around when COVID-19 started becoming a thing and we all had to like lock down for months that like I don't think would normally be there. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to think about because I wonder there's a part of me that thinks like with Kentucky Route Zero, you know, I liked the idea of it, but the process of playing it. Also because I didn't know exactly what I was getting into, so I thought I was like it was going to be a ghost story yeah. or something yeah, like yeah. that. So the process of playing it was frustrating for me because I I was like I don't I don't know what to make of this, and I wonder how it would hit me now, yeah. especially you know given like the Great Resignation and all of that kind of stuff that's going on, given yeah. Kellogg's, given all the strikes that have gone on, all this kind of stuff, just. To be able to sit with that game without expectation, I think it would really hit hard as a story, you know, in a way that it didn't necessarily at the time, where it was just kind of like, this is too dark and too formless for me to really engage with. I think right now, maybe it might hit me differently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially at the time, I think I really like that kind of playing with form stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people react to it with like a, oh, they're being cute. I get it. Fine. You're so clever. Isn't that great? Right. And yet, with I, th- I think with KRZ, it's it's so intentional to the argument, right? To the statement about labor and community and working together. That it's these forms that we take for granted. It's these genres that are keeping us down. And our lack of questioning them and just buying into them automatically is is giving away our power willingly. And so it's playing with forms to do that on purpose. All right, our next award is the David Fox Award for the best IRL moment of the year. Uh, And I'm going to go with getting a PS5 was a pretty cool moment. Uh, And shout out to Tyler Weaver. Thanks for uh, jumping on that. Uh, and then, oh, also, the second half to my best uh, in real life moment of the year would be moving to Portland and being able to play with Tyler in person. He's like a 10 minute drive away. And so we played. I, I was there the last like two and a half hours of him playing Outer Wilds a couple weeks ago. And it was really fun. Uh, I, I It was like awesome. two and a half years ago that we played it. So I've forgotten almost everything. So he couldn't rely on <laughs> me for advice or anything. I was like looking at like guides and stuff. But. Uh, it was fun to just like be there and experience that game with someone else uh, in real life. So, Corey, what about you? What's your best IRL moment of the year? <laughs> um, in God, what episode was that? I should have written that down in it too. It was a couple episodes ago. Um, I think it was Little Nightmares. The Deuce. The Deuce. Yeah, gotcha. In the Little Nightmares two episode, uh, Jason told a story 
about uh, taking his kids to a, a petting zoo or something yeah. like that. Was yeah, that what you to said a park? There were there were some a horses park, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, inverting the phrase "pet a horsey" to "horse a petty," and all of us immediately started saying "horse a petty." in various accents, because the idea was it's a phrase that sounds like something no matter what accent you do it in. And shows you the core of what that accent is. Whatever stereotype exactly. you're giving it, it will come out in there. So if you think yes. that the French are lascivious, you'll say, yeah. oui, oui, we will horse petit. <laughs> horse petit. However you yeah. think they're philosophical, you will say, uh, the horse uh, a petit is really the essence of the capitalist mindset, you see. That's true, though. Exactly. And uh, I think the phrase is brilliant, the analysis is brilliant, and that somehow we all had ready an example was wonderful. All right. Um, uh, that's it. We're doing a full side quest episode on Horse of Petty. Uh, yes! It might be a three-parter. We'll see. Oh, yeah. We need more analysis on this phrase. Ah! Ah! Side quest for the listener. Send Ben a recording of you saying horse a petty <laughs> in whatever accent you want to do, as long as it's not your own. But if you have a better way of saying horse a petty than even any of us came up with, yeah, please do. I like that. I like that. that to say Fair. that I still think about it from time to time. I'll be going about my day and, and think about it, and it makes me laugh. I texted Megan that that was your choice, and she was like, oh my gosh, yes, horse a petty. Because it's, yes! it became something in our house. Too. On my wavelength. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Jason, you're a David Fox Award. I'm just a simple country lawyer, but I've been known to horse a pet <laughs> down again. Uh, <laughs> playing Deathloop with Ben. Was Deathloop one of our regular games? It was. Why wasn't I there? Is it just because it wasn't available for Switch? Ah, okay, okay. I was like, why do I have no idea? And I must have also somehow missed when you posted it. Too. It lined up so nicely like, for when you were behind on something. You were just like, I don't think I can do anything right yeah. now. Okay. I don't remember what was going on. And Ben and I were just playing Death Bar. Okay. Yeah. Like, we had like, just both gotten it. We were playing it a ton. And you were like, I don't know if I can do one. And we were like, Which it. also explains why somehow I didn't listen to the episode, too. I was like, it must have just been like a chaos In fact, moment. I think okay. we pushed back either Going Under or probably Little Nightmares 2 to okay. do it. To yeah, say, like, we'll we do Little do. Nightmares 2 next month. That's yeah, what happened. That makes sense. Okay. Apologies. I just needed to get back on board because I'm like, what yeah. the f*** is Deathloop? First time hearing of it. Now I'm back on board. Let's talk Corey, about it. Corey, you would love the art style. <laughs> it's this cool Ooh, like okay. 60s mod. Yeah. Uh, like very, very cool. I love okay. it. It's a g- cool story, too. Like a, a, yeah. like a nice, I don't know if it's sci-fi. Maybe I guess it's sci-fi. I was going to say more yeah. fantasy level, just like fun, tightly knit story. It's not like this super immersive thing like Witcher, Game of Thrones, but it's just like nice and tight and really quick, really funny, really good voice acting. Yes. Like first voice person shooter. Just makes it. Really easy, really pretty simple crafting stuff. You know, It's not like. You have to like make all these things and craft weapons like crazy or anything. It's it's more like Goldeneye than it is like Doom, I guess, in that way. Okay. And because it is a loop game where everything's happening over and over and over, but there's also multiple parallel universes within the game and they are interacting with each other. You can play online against your friend, yeah. but you can only play against one person at a time. And you're each playing one of these characters and your online gameplay is part of the story. Like it actually matches up. And it even works with one of the endings where... Oh, yeah. So it was after playing the game and getting to the ending that we both liked. And then we went in and, like, right afterwards, we were like, hey, let's go play together. We played and we just realized, oh, my gosh, this is what the characters are doing. Like, we're not deathmatching now. We're living (laughs) their lives post-credits. 
Like yeah, this is really is. cool. So yeah, it, it worked really well and connected the IRL to the game. And it was cool. At first, we we're like, let's go in and shoot each other. And I was like, I don't want to do that because I'm the little brother. I don't let's <laughs> let's not. Which is funny because I usually embrace conflict. But when it comes to like competition, I'm like, That's why true. don't we all just win though? Can we do that thing where we all kill the machines? But well, that sounds like a therapy session right there. Um, it has been. But <laughs> when we're like, what if we just jumped in as antagonists or whatever? Because you can only be two people playing against each other, and we just like showed each other around the levels. Because there's just four mm-hmm. different worlds and a bunch of different times you can play at, and we like we just we'll just kill the NPCs and we don't have to shoot each other. And this is exactly what we did for a couple hours. It was super fun. And literally the entire time you're playing the game, these two antagonists who are like just ribbing each other over the microphone as they're trying to kill each other. You're like, why? You guys would be such good friends. Yeah. Why can't right. you just put down your guns, hang out, Get along, and just like have a good time for a little while? It's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's a meet cute. Yeah. It's yes. Yeah. <laughs> a bromance. Of- yeah. A buddy comedy. And then we realized that we were doing that. We realized that we accidentally did the thing that we'd been begging them Love to do. That. And which the yeah. story like takes them towards also. It was cool. just like, wow, this is beautiful. I'm very into that. And obviously you guys love that one a lot. This is great. And I feel like thus we should talk about our favorite. Mm. Let's do it. Does that sound good? It, should we it. talk Let's about the annual Thimbleweed Park Award for our favorite game of the year? Love it. For me... That's actually a really tough call. And I still, I wanted to, by this point, have figured out what mine was. But there's such different things, the two that were a tie. I feel like I can't pick one of them. So it is a tie for me between Going Under and Spirit Fair. And I think, obviously, you guys can see why it is impossible to pick between those two because it's yeah. not oh i think we could pick they're just <laughs> i'll pick for you for you but for me in terms of if you like both oh, games yeah. it's just two completely different things you know and so going under for me was just so much fun through and through like i know you guys did not have the same experience with it but for me it just really spoke to the things that i like about games and um I did not experience the glitches and I enjoyed the way that the goals were set out and the way that skills were built, all of that kind of stuff, uh, along with the storyline I thought was very clever and spoke to my very, you know, anti-capitalist soul, all of that stuff. Um, So I really loved going under on a very deep level on just every particular bit about it. But also, Spiritfarer... (laughs) When we played that, obviously, I was so deeply into that game as well. And it's on a separate plane from what Going Under is, where Going Under is this, like, very frenetic, action-oriented fighting game. Spiritfarer is a meditative game. You know, it's something that's meant to make you think about what life means and what death means and uh, is there purpose? And if there is, what is it? Uh, While also being something that is engaging the entire time, right? So, like, one of the things about Kentucky Route Zero that was difficult for me was that all the meditations within that game often were presented in sort of a very artistic and abstract way, right? Like, there's an entire part of it where you are watching a theater play go down or where you're in an art exhibit or something like that, you know? And that was difficult for me to connect with. Where I feel like Spirit Fair 
examined so many themes about life and death and things like that, while also making it so that I was deeply engaged in playing the game. You know, that I was, I'm still doing things. I'm still an active part of this process of the game. And so, yeah, for me, both of those games were just perfect, (laughs) essentially. I could play them over and over again. And as I've said before, I don't usually play games more than once, but I feel like I can go back to those and they really do a lot for me. But uh, Jason, what did you think? in terms of best game of the year or favorite game well, of the year. I, I did want to also just, I, I'm going under enough, so I just wanted to say, you know, it was, if nothing else, Corey, it was your first ro- roguelike. Mm-hmm. And I'm really yeah, hopeful exactly. that it was like the first step on a long path of you and I talking about roguelikes. Some that you yeah, like absolutely. and I don't, some that I like I and you is. don't. And like, we'll, we'll figure it out. That'll be great. <laughs> and we'll have reasons why we like, why we connect with some things and don't with others. Yeah, totally. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. I think it opened up like an entire different thing where one of the fun things about the conversations that we have between the three of us is figuring out how our brains work and like why we engage with certain things the way we do. And we are all, we all have our similarities between each other, but we also are very different in so many key ways. And I think this roguelike thing like really opens up something that I, I hadn't totally figured out about myself until I started playing it. Nice. And it's fun to engage with between all of us. That's cool. I have a theory that I think pretty much anyone will like roguelikes, mm. but not just any roguelike. And mm, mm-hmm. and part of this comes from my favorite roguelike is the Doom roguelike from the early 2000s, where it's all just ASCII key characters. Like, <laughs> And I love that. Okay. And I have tried so hard to get into so many other roguelikes that are those graphics. And none mm. of them have connected with me. I like yeah, I nothing's can't quite do hit it the same way. Can't work it. For some reason, they got the knobs exactly right with the Doom roguelike, where I was like, oh, this is the coolest game right. ever. I love it so much. And it really is just about getting those knobs right. I think Hades is probably yeah. the best one for bringing people in. It's like the yeah. most widely acclaimed, and I get why it works for a lot of people, but I think we'll discover so many others that we'll mm-hmm. just be like, oh, but this one, this has uh, this one has a little bit of like some cherry sprinkles on the top, and this one has, oh, this over here, and this over there. Right. <laughs> It's just such a bizarre genre that I can often not pick pick what I like about something. I just go, this one, I like it because I like it. Yeah. And it's very exciting to find something new, you know, like to yeah. be playing video games for three decades or whatever and then find something and be like, I have not done this before and I love it. It's such a cool feeling. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Spiritfarer could have been my pick for, for Game of the Year as well. Yeah. I mean, that, that game is amazing. Um, yeah. But yes. my actual pick was Psychonauts 2. Nice. Uh, wow, what a game. I didn't expect, yeah. I want to be honest, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah. Really? I, I was worried. I hadn't heard bad things, but it's like, right. hey, Corey, they're making a sequel to your favorite movie. Right. Do you yeah. want, do you want <laughs> like, to watch it? Or, I'm sure or it's no? going to be great. Right. Well, so yeah. they're making a, a sequel to your favorite movie, and your favorite movie was an indie movie. And yeah. now... Right. <laughs> I was going to say Spielberg, but whatever. Ben, Whoever, they're going like, to make a sequel to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right. How do you feel about Tim it? Tim Cook is producing it. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, oh, they got all the money. I'm sure <laughs> a it'll be A sequel to Eternal Sunshine would be amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be <laughs> literally impossible to be good. <laughs> There's literally zero chance yeah. that could be a good movie. And the only way it could happen is if Apple was like, yeah, let's do another one of those. <laughs> Jim, are you in? Let's do it. I want you guys to watch I'm Thinking of Ending Things. 
If you haven't yet. Oh, I hated that. Did you? Okay. Every oh, single it's, fiber it's Gondry, of my right? being. It's no, it's no, um, Charlie Kaufman. It's Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman. Kaufman yeah, yeah. But Kaufman did yeah. uh, Eternal Sunshine, right? Yeah, I think. Um, I think was Eternal Sunshine Charlie Kaufman. I thought it directed was. and then Gondry wrote it. Oh, okay. I thought he, I thought Kaufman wrote it, and um, I don't know, but I'm thinking of ending things did not work for me. Yeah, G- Gondry <laughs> directed it. Kaufman wrote it. It works as a sequel in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, I can see how that. Makes sense. And Corey, I'd love to talk to you about it sometimes to find out what you didn't like about it, because I, I can see lots of things to not like about it. <laughs> but one thing I do like about it is I think it's a critique of a lot that's wrong with Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. I think it's a critique yeah, that's fair. of... What's wrong with Eternal Sunshine? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> you, dude. Them's fighting words right there. You gonna you gonna do this right now? No, I gotta see. Basically, the origin of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Not the it's, origin. Was it... Wait, did... Uh, was it was before it was Garden State? Wasn't I thought it? it was before Garden State, but I could be wrong. It's before Garden State because it was it came out when we were in high school, didn't it? I saw Garden State in college. Yeah, I saw it senior year. Yeah, so it's before I Garden so. State. And even there, it's it's not just working on that surface level, right? They're doing interesting things with her as a character. Yeah, and there's there's a little bit of commentary about the ways that he is, you know, stereotyping her, idealizing, and idealizing and, her, and making yeah. her just this thin non-person. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm thinking of ending things is is that cranked to eleven. That's true. I will grant you that. Braver event. Girl on Sounds of Spring by Local AM is the is the beginning of Pixie Dream That's Girl. That's my Raver Girl. It's true. Yeah. Bro, I remember listening to that. That's yeah. exactly right. what Pixie Dream Girl is, which might be about yeah. around the same time. That's probably sophomore year. I don't know when Sounds of Spring came out. I met her in the trance room at a rave in Frisco. Glitter in her hair, sparkle in her eye now. She wore a lazy smile that seemed so sad. But with a name like Bubbles, couldn't be that bad, she said. Can you feel the vibe, baby? Can't you feel the love? Like, that is the deepest of deep cuts because nobody knows anything about Locale AM who didn't live within, like, a hundred-mile radius of Oakland. Panol's yeah. <laughs> own. Yeah, except that then... I'm sorry, just to derail for, like, Please. 30 seconds. Oh, as much as you Then want Eric Frederick is actually super oh, yeah. famous, but as wallpaper. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that connection. <laughs> so, like, people actually know who he is. That's insane. But dude. not for Locale AM or um, Facing New York. God, so good. So, that's wild. He co-wrote, was it all about that bass? I think oh, how it was a bunch of like top 40 things. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure it was all about that bass he co-wrote or be, yeah. it was at least one of the Megan Trainer yeah. songs, but I think it was that one. I was like, what the fuck? Good for him, dude. That's wild. Him and Andrew, man, just coming I know, out. just like writing like, hit after hit after yeah. hit after hit. And not as band leaders. <laughs> like still And doing not their as own band thing. leaders. Like nobody would know their yeah. names. Nobody knows who Eric Frederick is. No one knows who Andrew Capper is and they're just writing all the shit that you hear all the time. A uh, real quick interjection from Ben here while editing. I had to look it up, and Eric Frederick was in a bunch of bands. He was the front man of a bunch of bands that Corey and I saw growing up. He's a producer and songwriter, has either produced or co-written songs with Lizzo, Christina Aguilera, Leon Bridges, Kesha, Halsey, Megan Trainer, Pitbull, Rob Thomas, uh, like all these huge pop stars and stuff. And it's just weird to see him. He's like this nerdy lead singer of this like math rock band when Corey and I were in high school. And now he's just like behind the scenes doing all these things. And this guy we're about to talk to, Andrew Capra, is doing similar things over in Nashville, though. And just like co-writing and ghostwriting and producing all these like country hits. And it's kind of blowing our minds. So anyway, that, that was the that's what this tangent was all about. What's uh what's Capra up to? He writes like country hits. Con- everything on the top of the country hits. Yeah. Really? Please edit that so that it doesn't sound like I said he writes cunt. Ah! <laughs> um, 
Or it wasn't going. Or he writes and hear me out, Ben. Cunt rehits. Yeah. Chop it. Screw it. What does Andrew do, Corey? He writes all of the top country hits that you see on your iTunes. Oh, the ones that I see in my iPod page? Yeah, every time you open that up. And is iTunes still a thing? Is that not a thing? No, it's called Apple Music. Fucking hell. I don't know. I don't use Apple products. (laughs) I'm trying so hard. All I want is to not keep saying cut over and over. Well, if it's okay with you, I will continue our list. (laughs) Nice. And so, uh, mine was Psychonauts 2. It was amazing. I loved it. Ben, yes. tell me all about it. What was yours? I, we talked about already a bunch, but Deathloop was the game that I thought kind of got overlooked a little bit in this year of just like, maybe because the, the game wasn't long enough. Maybe it just didn't connect with enough people, but I felt like it was a much better game than Cyberpunk 2077, which it came out a year later, but Cyberpunk I <laughs> was in the news for like... I was going to say six months, but it really was like three years leading up and it's still occasionally in the news of like, when is it going to be good? It's It's been out for a year. Is it good yet? Is like all the headlines I see. I'm like, it's still the same game. They still haven't updated it. <laughs> but this game was just good from the start. Wasn't glitchy. Really tight story. Really compelling characters. Really, really just fun gameplay. It was up for top game of the year. It didn't win. Uh, I'm sure it won a bunch of awards, but it, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like it just didn't get the acclaim that it should have. It was just flawless in a lot yeah, of ways. I, I agree. Like, I, feel, I feel like it was kind of in and out. Yeah. Like it was like, it, it was all everybody out. talked about for two weeks and then everyone forgot about it. And maybe it's the returnal problem where it was just like, yeah, yeah it was for PS5 where like only whatever, 20% of the people played it that would have played it if everyone could get a PS5. Like I get it. Like not everyone can do it and it's only on one console. Also, but, just again, sorry to interrupt, but is returnal a roguelike? Yes. Okay. Yep. That makes yep. sense. Returnal scares me. But... Um, <laughs> Whereas Hades typical runs are under a half hour, yeah. Returnals are like four hours long. Yeah, I can so, see how that would absolutely destroy you when I don't, you die. Yeah, I don't want to touch it. It's it's yeah, scary. I have, I don't, sounds terrible. I only have one controller. So what happens when that when that one's gone? That's right. <laughs> That's right. I do love Mark's response to that to be like, yes. I haven't earned another controller yet. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> he has finally purchased himself another yeah, controller, yeah. by the way. If anyone listening to this was concerned about Mark's gaming life, he did eventually buy another controller. He is now very deeply into the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Yes. Oh, cool. I've heard it's I've good. Heard good. Yeah, yes. yeah. I heard it's a lot better than the Marvel yeah, superhero he, one that came out last year. Yeah, he's really enjoying that one. Nice. So. so you Wait. two will will get a little taste of that anger and rage with Hades. Um, oh, yeah. You will, like, like I said. I, I know. But imagine... <laughs> Imagine that there are four levels, and you've only gotten to the to the fir- end of the first level, yeah. right? And now imagine you get to the end of the fourth level for the first time. Because if you get there, everything has gone right. Yeah. On this run, you can do no wrong. And then <laughs> you're going to get murked hard. No, it. It's going it. to happen. I don't want it. And I don't, yeah, I don't expect myself to, I, here's the thing, with pretty much everything we play, I never expect to beat it. I always expect to get to a point where I have topped out and I have to say uncle and I watch it on YouTube. Mm. And I'm fine with Turn that. Turn on God I mode. I do not need to complete things. Or or put it on God mode. Yeah, like I, you know, that's... Because it, it's, it's not giving you a ton. It's just yeah. it's just letting you level up a little bit more quickly. You'll right. still get the whole experience. It will just yeah. take And I time. love that that's the thing that, like, I mean, going under had a similar sort of thing, although Ben said that that didn't help him much. But 
the idea of God mode or whatever the case may be. That's probably what I'll do. And if I still can't do it, I will watch the YouTube, but I'm fine with that. I feel good. I'm enjoying Hades because, like I said, like with going under, I like the fact of gaining skills and learning how to use things better and just keeping on trying and trying and trying and figuring out which of these enemies I can best, like how to defeat each enemy best with each weapon Mm -hmm. that I have. That's fun for me. And from what I've heard, I haven't done God Mode myself, but from what I've heard, it's a subtle enough kind of improvement that, like, I would really encourage you to try it now. Or certainly don't wait until you're frustrated. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. Because if you're frustrated, sure, yeah. you'll do it once. You'll be like, well, <laughs> that didn't fix anything. And it's like, well, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't work like that. It will work mm-hmm. at over 10 or 100 <laughs> deaths. It'll definitely improve okay. things. But over one, no, you won't notice any difference. Okay. Because it's just it just ramps up how you level up. It just makes you level up. Okay. One literally like one percent. Yeah, just a little bit more. Okay, that's good to know. Then maybe I'll maybe I'll try it with God mode and try not to have this take me seventy hours to beat. You'll like that. It's a it's a fulfilling ending. Right. It's okay. it'll feel really good. All ten of them. All right. I <laughs> Ben's gonna hate it so much. Uh, God. So that's <laughs> it for the awards. Uh, I won, which is awesome. And we do have a few suggestions <laughs> for uh, what people should be playing uh, over the holiday break because we are taking January off. We'll be back with Hades uh, first oh, we week are? of February, no. and we're going to be on schedule all of 2022. We're not going to miss. Yeah, week. totally. That feels realistic. Patreon supporters will get their episodes the last Friday of the, every month, and then a week later, the first Friday of the following month, we'll go out live. We will not miss a single date. Jason, do you have any? They can be month games. They can be what you're reading. They can be a cool song you heard. Any suggestions for over holiday break? Well, I, I was looking back at what I was looking forward to in past years. In 2019, I said the game I was looking most forward to was Shin Megami Tensei Five. And 2020, I said the game I was looking most forward to was Shin Megami Tensei Five. And so <laughs> this break, let me recommend to you. It came out in November. It's really fun. It's really fun. Uh, get in there, play some Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, I also just loaded up Sable today. I think both of you would like Sable. Corey, unfortunately, I don't think they've got it on Switch. It might just be Xbox. Ben, it's on Game Pass, oh, so it looks you can so install it right away. Y'all should just look at it at the very least. They based it off of Mobius's art. And it's like Mobius did a Breath of the Wild, basically, except there's no combat. Can I buy this game? No, it's free. It's on Game Pass. This game is me. Oh, my God. I love this, like, cel-shaded... Oh my goodness! Beautiful. They, they based shit. it off of the art of the uh, French comics artist Mobius from the seventies and eighties. Very particular style. I think it looks gorgeous. This is it's amazing. Really I need to play this game. Yeah, I played it for, about <laughs> an hour, for an hour today, and I was just very sold. I was like, "This is going to be great." And it's a short game. Uh, it may be a one that we'll toss in in the future, uh, maybe when Corey can't make a month or something. Yeah, uh, or maybe it'll be out okay. by, for Switch by then. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You never know. That's cool. Uh, and then uh, I have to recommend the novels of Gene Wolfe because over the last couple of months, you've gotten to watch me read the book of the new sun, yeah. the entire uh, four book series, and then the sequel earth of the new sun. And then I was in a bookstore the other day and I, I, I just had to go like poke around and see they had a book called the night part one of the wizard night duology. I was like, okay, let's check this out. It's by Gene Wolfe. Okay. I want to, I want to see what, what there is. And uh, it opens with uh, a short paragraph and it says, Ben, Read this part first. Okay. I was like, okay, okay. But it says, here's a list of everybody that's in this book. Or at least everybody I could remember. It's not going to make any sense to you right now. But it will make sense when you go on. So, like, 
you'll be able to check back on these. Like, he's trying to explain to you what an appendix is. Right. Which is also really fun. Yeah. Nice. And he says, you're my brother. I know you'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, protagonist with a brother named Ben. Nice. First entry, it's alphabetical. Abel. That's me. That's what everyone calls me here anyway. Nice. And it's like, nice. oh, so this list of characters is definitely like, t- oh, it's not just a chance that his name is coming up first. Like, you're giving me the story. You put it up front. Got it, got it, got and it. And I can read the person who will betray you. Got right? It. Like, it'll mm. say, he's the guy who betrayed me. Right, yeah. And yet, I know that you're calling your shot. <laughs> it's a John dies at the end situation. Uh-huh. And in 300 pages, I will have forgotten it, and I'll still be shocked. I'm the damn fool that shot him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this will be really fun. <laughs> That's me watching anything or reading anything it's like you can tell me exactly what happens at the beginning i'm watching landscapers right now and it explained what happened like oh these people were like arrested for murder or something even now i'm trying to explain it to you and i don't know yeah i saw a a trailer for it that looks really good is it good and i'm like yeah it's good but i'm like as soon as i read like the opening thing i was like i will have zero idea of this and by the end of this i'm gonna be shocked at what happens here So, yeah, I'm on board for things like that because I never remember and I'm always startled. Ben, what do you recommend that we play over break? I just finished Horizon Zero Dawn and it was amazing. And uh, Tyler's playing it, too. We just play every game together now. It's great. It's another thing to bond over. (laughs) Aw, so cute. Yeah. And he's going to play Watch Dogs 2 next, which was my favorite game of last year, I believe. Yeah, you Um, had a great time with that one. Of course, it takes place in the Bay. Horizon Zero Dawn Mm. takes place... Also, or Horizon Zero Dawn, the new one that comes out in January, February, uh, a bunch of stills have the like Transamerica building and Golden Gate really? Bridge in the background. I haven't looked so. at anything. Oh, that's exciting. Sorry if that's a little spoiler. I don't no, know. it's fine. But, so yeah, we're excited to play another Bay Area game. And along with that, I also, because it was on sale, played Kena Bridge of Spirits, which has oh, been, yeah. I think, a- aptly, I-, I suggested it to you, Corey, a couple weeks ago. But Yeah, you did. Aptly described as a Pixar game you can play. And it's just as beautiful and the story is really really well done it's just a really fun game and just by like pure chance i guess like it's still it's hard to for me to play two games especially when they're the um they're like they're both first person shooters right are they both rpgs or they're both in this case what are they called um oh look at the booty shooties when it's like the third person perspective first person shooter third person shooter type game um (laughs) You know this is new to me, but I will trust that that's Wait, a thing it, that exists. Are they typically referred to that when there's a female protagonist? No. I would no, no, Girlfriend okay. Reviews thought of this. Okay. Anyway. Who did? Yeah, Girlfriend Reviews. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, oh, look okay. at the booty shooties, uh. where it's not first-person shooter, but it's basically first-person shooter that you're seeing in the back of your head, right? An over-the-shoulder shooter. An over-the-shoulder yeah. booty, exactly. So uh, they're both this <laughs> game. And they have almost exactly this same controller layout. So it was really easy to go like play this. I played this with my seven-year-old daughter and or really all my kids watched us play uh, Kena and she would play all the like adventuring around and story parts. And I would play any of the like difficult fighting parts and I would have her play some of them. And she got really good at it. And she's actually, we just finished both of these games at the same time. And she's going back and playing Kena again, totally by herself. And she doesn't want me to, take over the fighting parts it's really cool to see her be like no this is my game i will take this game so really That's cool awesome. um both those games are really fun also coincidentally the gal who does my waxes is named kana oh it's a beautiful name isn't it um outer wilds dlc De- i'm definitely gonna check that out uh and then donut county we talked about spirit fair being the game we would want to go back to or like l- not live in but like be living in be playing that all the time i think yeah. donut county is probably the easiest one to jump back into though 
and I oh, do absolutely. often every couple of weeks. Talia will be like, "Dad, can I play Donut County?" I'm like, "Boom, let's go." We just open up a random level, and we're just having fun in 30 seconds. It's really fun. And I think for anyone that hasn't played any of the games we're talking about today, Brent, looking at you, uh, Donut County is the one to go to. It's probably on sale. It's on sale all the yeah. time. It's five bucks, maybe ten bucks, uh, and it's super, super fun. One game we didn't talk about at all, by the way. I think this entire time, the only game, no, two games we played this year that we did not talk about. That I don't know if anyone wants to say something about. There is no game, and a short hike. Yeah. Wow. Which, Which were both ones I didn't love. So. Yeah. Well, what about the uh, stickball? Stick hit. What is it called? Stick. I did love stickball. It, honestly, if we're talking about game mechanics, yeah. stickball is prob what would probably be amongst. And it wasn't even called stickball, but whatever the like, because it had a cute name to it. Yeah, I did. That was extremely fun. I will give that beach stickball. Beach stickball. That's the one. All right, uh, Corgan. Suggestions for holiday break. Suggestions for holiday break. Uh, gaming wise, get back into Animal Crossing. I know you have all abandoned Animal Crossing because you were just doing the same things over and over again after a while, and you can only catch so many sea bass before feeling like you're going crazy. However, they released an update like a month or two ago, and it expands hugely. There's so much more to do now. And every single day, now it's like my relaxation in the morning before I start doing everything. I play an hour of Animal Crossing. Nice. I'm a like go around, shake all my trees, clean up all my weeds, all that kind of stuff. And then go and you explore. There's like this new guy on a boat who takes you to these islands with different things on it. And you go and he sings you a little song every time. Um, and there's new, d new little things called gyroids to catch and plant. And you can cook now, not just craft. There's just all these different things you can do in it that makes it so it's like, it just brings you back to that relaxation you had when Animal Crossing started because, I mean, not the whole franchise, obviously, but the New Horizons fad at the beginning of quarantine, at the beginning of lockdown, happened to come out at that point and we all dug into that for some little bit of escape and now given that we are essentially for a lot of us going into more of a self-imposed lockdown with omicron and i know living just outside new york city there there's no going anywhere right now yeah. everyone i know has omicron so it's just avoiding it mm -hmm. i am home and i am playing this game yeah. and it is now with all these expansions being just like it's just what i needed you know so if you haven't played animal crossing in a long time i highly recommend just getting right back into that and Corey, forgive me if you, we've talked about this before but have you played stardew valley i have downloaded it okay. on my phone okay but also i don't use my phone for games except candy crush yep. so it's like this thing like normally what i do when i play things on my phone like candy crush Candy Crush is in the main, and then I have, like, an ASMR video in the corner. Yep. And Stardew Valley, I feel like I need to actually pay attention to. Only for the first couple hours. Just like right. an Animal Crossing, when you figure it out, exactly. you'll be like, you're fine. Yeah, and then um, I don't need to do that or whatever. I, but So that's really the reason I haven't actually, like, played it, played what it, I, is just... Yeah, all, all I wanted to say yeah. about it, by the way, it's, it's worth it because it's only, like, 20 bucks. Uh, get it on Switch. It was even cheap. Um, on my phone, I think it was 4 Great. But get <laughs> I think it's your post-Animal Crossing game. I think the gameplay's a lot deeper than Animal mm. Crossing, although the characters may not look as cute, and the relationships are a lot deeper. 
where you end mm, up like okay. actually really caring about the other characters in a lot of ways. They've got storylines and that kind of right. thing. I think it's really going to connect for you. Uh, if you get to a place where you want to try out something else, highly recommend it. And Ben, yeah. it just came on to Game Pass. So if you've been thinking of checking it out, I haven't. Now's your chance. Wait, Ben, you haven't played Stardew Valley? No, I'm not into it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. You will be if you ever play it. A podcast or maybe a video series, I feel like podcast might be better for this, called Best Practices, in which we talk about how each of us interfaces with the world and about our routines and how we use our phones and computers. And mm. like you said, you had an ASMR video in the corner while you're playing Candy Crush, and that's how you kind of like veg out. And yeah. like you start the day with like an hour of Animal Crossing, like... I think that's fascinating. I think how like when mm-hmm. podcasts first came out 15 years ago and it was like, wait, you're just listening to people talk. What is that? And like <laughs> right. my favorite, probably all of our favorite podcasts are like, or we have a favorite podcast that is just like people we like talking and like, yeah, yep. it's about yes. old movies or old video games like us. Right. Where it's like, I, I yeah, like to listen to this because I like the things it. they say yeah. and I like they're my friends who talk or whatever, like Gorley and Rust. I just like them a lot. That's why I don't care if they're mm-hmm. talking about Jaws or whatever. It's just fun to listen to them. Um, but that combined with, why do you like listening to ASMR and how do you do it while doing this? And like at what time of day and like, how do you unwind right. the stuff we don't really talk about? Like, I think I'm that, that sounds like something I'm like halt and catch fire. I'm like, we got to break the system. No one talks about this <laughs> stuff, guys. Like, yeah, totally. I don't know. I feel like a, like I'm super high right now, but I'm not. No, no. And Ben, it's the way no, that, that you, totally makes the sense. way that you watch videos. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. That, like I yeah. doesn't connect with me. But I'm like, neither yeah, of no. you yeah, watch Jason videos. and I, I do videos. not yeah, do at exactly. all. That's yeah, man. And it's just this is not only like, hey, why do you do that? Why don't you do that? But like why what makes us so different? Jason, yeah. you and I especially, where it's like we had almost the same exact upbringing. Like, how are we so different? And not like in our, our love lives or in our parenting or in our spirituality, but like in just like how we function day to day. Yeah. Like why do right. we make coffee yeah, so just different? How, or how whatever, you right? process the world. Well, here's here's another fun one for for me and Ben in terms of like working out. For yeah. mm. years, Ben was the pretty much only weights. Oh yeah. Right. Maybe yeah, the yeah, occasional yeah. cardio. Yeah. And I was just cardio. Yeah. And yeah. you know, just hit the elliptical with a book. Right. That that was me. Uh, then getting into <laughs> running and doing stuff like that. And then we about two years ago, three years ago now maybe, we switched. Uh, yeah, two and a half years, mm. yeah. And that's the other wild thing is that like we could be so locked in on one side of this and then completely switch and yeah. be on opposite sides again. Yeah. Now, I have a question on this that is genuinely this podcast related. This is not a tangential thing, I think. Do you guys gamify your workouts? And if so, how... And is that different from each other? Let's talk about what gamify oh, means. God. All right, here we go. <laughs> and let's so, not get too deep into what that means. No, like, no, no, because I, I do it in two know? ways. So, <laughs> yeah. Corey, I think the way that you're talking about it is like, do you give yourself like a little badge if you do five workouts a week? Right. That kind or of Or even just like genuinely thinking of it as as a game. Right. Imagine like, your workout you know? as a game. That's one way. Yeah. Another is yeah. to add video games to your workout. I do both of these mm. things. Oh. So you'll notice the elliptical behind me, and it has a TV set above it. It's connected to right, a Raspberry yeah. Pi. I beat Chrono Trigger two years ago, I think, playing it exclusively on that. So I okay. do like to play video games on that. I now have connected my Switch to it as well. It's fun. 
it's it's a real nice way to live. But in terms of the other version of gamification, not playing games, but the workout as game. Yeah, we've been doing that with our Apple Watches a lot, mm-hmm. of doing competitive things, you know, yeah. This is my Fitbit, but same spirit. Same, same, but different. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it started when I started running two and a half years ago, and was like, I ran for like a couple times, and then I just like stopped for three weeks. I was like, yeah, this is... I'm never going to like run again unless I have like a commitment or like a running buddy or whatever. I was like, I'm just going to sign up for a marathon in six months. And I don't want to embarrass myself or my friends or my family Ooh. who show up and I like can't finish a marathon. So I'm going to actually do it. And then so I, I picked the It was March 1st, 2020 was the marathon. And I went backwards 20 weeks. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is how many miles I need. I just like made my own. I looked at a bunch of different running plans, but I was like, this is, you know, so it wasn't like run 50 miles the first day. Here we go. Like I was right. actually trying to do it a healthy way or whatever. I was building my body up and like every day, like ha- like I had in my notes app every single day going through, it was like off day, five mile day, off day, t- 10 miles, whatever it was, long 20 mile day. And like being able to check those off was gamifying it for me in like maybe the lowest mm-hmm. tech possible way. But that's yeah, how no, for me, it was absolutely. just very much just like, oh, I got this many miles this week, which was like this many points in my brain. And that's that's how I did it. But it was having that like the the final boss of that marathon that was like I sure I can't just do nothing I have to like build up my arsenal to get to the final boss. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Corey, what about you for working out? Do you have like a just like I just want to be healthy and like keep working out, or do you have a like I want to get to this level or like this I, weight I'm, limit or anything? Yeah, I absolutely am a sort of gamify it person. Yeah. The Fitbit makes a huge difference in it because I'm always competing with myself. I'm always trying to like figure out like oh last week i was at this point whether it's like my resting heart rate totally uh or my you know how many floors i went up or whatever the case may be i'm constantly looking at it and being like well okay last week i did this this week i want to try to do better whatever the case may be i very much look at it as kind of like uh a building skills situation mm-hmm. you know so i love the feeling of being like i'm doing better bit by bit it absolutely relates to m- the way that i engage with stuff like those those roguelikes is being like okay well this week last week i was using a 10 pound dumbbell to do this but this week i'm using a 15 pound to be able to do this nice and so that's yeah. absolutely how i tend to do my workouts is very much in the same vein that i love to do my video games is being like okay Every week or whatever, I feel like I have gained this amount of skills, you know, and this amount of strength, you know, I can lift this thing more than I could the week before. So that's why I was so curious to hear, like, do you guys do some form of gamifying it, you know, because for a lot of people, I think, and it bums me out, but for a lot of people, exercise is a thing to just sort of meet societal expectations of what your body is supposed to look like which i think sucks you know (laughs) like i don't want to be worried about you know what my body looks like and how people are are looking at me whatever but i very much like the idea of being like like obviously i have a disability i have ehlers danlos syndrome and whatever i can do to try to mitigate that by building strength to mitigate the problems with my connective tissue and stuff like that you know building skills building muscle all that stuff to to combat it so there's a part of me that looks at like working out exactly like i do games and i think that's a fascinating thing totally yeah 
one thing I really like about the body weight fitness is since you can't ramp up, like add weight to it, mm-hmm. to something, you change exercises. Yeah. And so those little ramp ups feel a lot bigger to me. Huge. Right? Yeah, totally. Instead of you, you ramping up five more pounds, it's like, well, now I'm do- instead of now I'm, I move from this squat to a Bulgarian split squat. Now right. I move from a Bulgarian split squat to an assisted shrimp squat. Well, now I move to an unassisted shrimp squat. Now, right, and then each one just feels like a bigger jump. Yeah. And it isn't, <laughs> right? It's the same kind of thing, but it's like, well, now I have to learn a new exercise. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's always fun, you know? There's really like fun. an element of just like challenging yourself all the time and being like, oh, this is a thing that I do as opposed to I want to be skinny or whatever the case may be. It's like, this is just a fun game I'm playing yeah. where I'm just leveling up all the time. <laughs> In terms of that, it's also felt to me more like, I think with, when I was doing focusing more on cardio, which I'm still doing, it was to lose weight and it was right. to get my body to look a certain way. And moving to, to body weight fitness, it was about just being somewhat healthy and also learning my body. Once I got addicted to it, it was just about like, okay, how does my body work? Yeah. And what makes it my own? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, right? And like, I love my body now. Yes. And I think I've got more of a gut than I used to. I've got like, you know, this, I've got that. And it's like, my, I feel like my body looks right now. Nice. Yes. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah totally. okay, this is, my body's now fitting in the way that it's supposed to do. Yeah. Because it can do this and it can do this and it can do That's that. Awesome. And it's not your body, right? And it's not right. anyone else's. It's me figuring out what my body does. And that I love. Absolutely. Ugh, that makes me happy. I don't know if it's the downside. The reverse of this is like with meningitis last year and mm-hmm, uh, just being mm-hmm. even like the micro of like I was sick this week and I couldn't run. And yeah. I took last week off. So it's two weeks of no running. So when I start running this weekend... Like, my times won't be as good. Right. And, like, that'll yeah. piss me off. Yeah, totally. And, it, like, it'll take me a few weeks to get back to even where I was just from taking, you know, 10 days off or whatever. And so it's really, as a, like, a cool an accomplishment it is to, like, get those times lower, or get those weights higher. It's just, like, it's, like, getting old, first of all, right? It's, mm-hmm. like, those <laughs> milestones can't keep getting yeah. higher and better and faster yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's not like, how it works. Those are how our bodies work, right? So... But also anytime that you like, like Jason and I like talking about like switching workouts or like having a different emphasis or totally style of workouts or whatever, like it's really hard for me mentally to go from like, well, I can't bench 215 anymore. I can't bench whatever because I haven't done bench press in like 18 months. So I probably can't lift what I used to when I was doing it three or four times a week. So that is difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah, that's the downside of the gamification of this kind of thing is if you look at everything as a as a I have to beat my last high score. You can only do so much. You're going to have a problem there. But if you find different goals, yeah, you look at things differently Then it's, you know, you got little side quests or whatever to work on, and there's always something to to change and make better. But you know, it, it's a thing that for me, I find like a passion in, and I very deeply connect to the same kinds of things that when we're talking about these games really appeal to me is self improvement, but also this sense of you're never going to perfect yeah. anything. Like none of us are Michael Phelps or whatever. No. Like we're never going to be the greatest in the world at any of these things. And that's totally cool, but we can be the best version of ourselves and give ourselves an understanding of the fact that like we have weaknesses. Sure. (laughs) The fact that I never finish a game, like it is what it is. (laughs) And that sometimes I'm going to be like super on top of my cardio or whatever. And sometimes it's going to be like, yeah, I've been sick for three months. I can't do it. Yeah. All that. But anyways, that was a large aside, but just something that I, I think about often, actually. So Very very quickly, I 
think I've told you both this, but did I tell you both about Megan being a guest on a podcast to talk about Ring Fit Adventure? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't, didn't think I told Corey. Yeah, I'm okay. like I don't think that came up for me. So, do you know what Ring Fit is? Well, yeah, I have Ring Fit. Yeah, okay. You, you, oh, you yeah, talked we've talked about that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, she was on a the Reddit, and they were like looking for people to connect with it, and uh, they said, "You know, has anybody used Ring Fit uh, and had any experience of it like changed their lives?" And so she like DM'd the person, and it's like some I think it's Australian National Public Radio or something like that. Like it was mm-hmm. a, like a real big, well produced thing. I am very versed in Australian everything so i've probably heard of it so they did an entire episode on her oh wow and on eating disorders and body image and ring fit adventure because it's oh, wow. actually the game has a really cool story arc mm-hmm. you know drago right he's like all ripped and everything yeah, yeah. like that and the entire thing is that like no he doesn't understand what you're supposed to work out for like right. what the point of working out is it's this totally egotistical thing and that's the way that he's the villain yeah your, your goal is not to become stronger than him that's right. not the goal Mm-hmm. Um, it's to become okay with yourself. And so, yeah, it, it was cool. I'll, I'll try and find the, the podcast and I can send it to you if you want to listen to it. Which is also interesting because we've talked about this on here as well. The fact that the one hang up I have about Ring Fit Adventure is that it looks at like your goals or whatever is shrinking the body. Yeah. And that bothers me. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you 100%. don't, you don't have to shrink. Yeah, that's 100%. not the, that's not the goal of it. But on the other hand, that's interesting element of it too. That yeah, being the bulky whatever is not the the goal. What again? Sorry, I derailed this so wildly. But what were we talking about? I think I did. I started it. Okay. Yeah. No. Cool. So let's go. It's not to... my fault this time. No, it was not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now we're on to no. It's it's me. I get yep. to transition yeah. now. Ooh. Uh, all right. So now it's time for our 2021 game of the year. This is not the best game we played necessarily because let's be honest, it was a pretty good <laughs> year. But this is the game that fits the year. <laughs> Mine was Psychonauts 2. And it's not, it was a fantastic game. It probably is my favorite game of the year. Although I'm having some real tough choices between uh, Spiritfarer and Deathloop as well. But it was really because of the introspection that this year kind of forced upon me. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking and journaling and just reflecting on where I am and what I'm doing. I mentioned that I went to a B&B uh, over the weekend, and uh, the reason for that was my 40th birthday a couple months ago. So we it was my big 40th birthday thing, which we weren't able to do at the time because my family was living halfway across the country. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, yeah, this year sucked, and it was a lot of time for introspection. And Psychonauts 2 is all about that kind of reflection on yourself, but also your relationships with others. That's awesome. Yeah. I was thinking about 2021 because it's the last couple weeks of 2020. Or, wow, it's the last couple weeks of 2021. Whatever. <laughs> 2021. Knows, man. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, who knows? I it, went through exactly and changed right. on the outline all the wrong years. I thought I did already. <laughs> nope. You did not. I definitely meant me. to. Anyway, jeez. <laughs> uh, and I feel like 2021, for me at least, in a lot of ways, is like this lost year. Or 2020 mm. was like the end of Trump, it was the beginning of the pandemic. And it was like the start of vaccines. It was like, yes. And it was the start of Biden, where it was like, he's not our first choice, but he's a better choice. And we got into 2021, and it was just like, <laughs> cool, this thing, even with the vaccines, really sticking around, isn't it? Oh, really? That many Republicans are, are never going to get vaxxed? Cool. All right. Well, maybe Biden will eliminate debt or like do anything good. Nah. All right. Cool. Nope. And then we got to the end of 2021 already. And it's like, oh, we're, it's just yep. <laughs> nothing really happened, did it, this year? Nope. Nothing? Cool. Yeah. So we're back. Apparently, it's going to be 2022 next week, and 
literally feels exactly like it did in a year, 12 months ago in so many, so many ways. Yeah. Or worse. So, to be or, or yeah, or worse, right? It doesn't feel like, oh, we finally got past that or like anything like that. There's been so many times where I'm like, oh, a year from now, I very much live in the future in my head in a lot of ways when it comes to bad things because I have this like optimistic, like six months from now, if only right. I could be there. And I'm like, no, I have to remind myself to live in the moment. And it's really hard. I guess it makes it easy because it's like, well, 12 months from now is going to suck. So might as well live in the moment. Enjoy the kids today. Uh, but yeah, so I went with Death Loop. And I honestly didn't think until I was talking right this second that it's literally a Death Loop. And you're living the same day over and over and over oh, again. God. But that fits really well. And that seems really obvious. But I did it for the reasons I talked about before where it just seemed like it was overlooked. And I feel like mm -hmm. 2021 feels like a Death Loop. But also just feels like it's going to kind of be overlooked. Well, who knows yeah. what 2022 and 2023 and 2030 is going to look like. Hopefully when we look back on this, we'll be able to say we're out of the pandemic, we're out of this, whatever. But I feel like no one's going to talk about 2021. Like nothing mm. happened. We just kind of did more of the same bad stuff we did last year and we haven't finished anything yet. We haven't yeah. succeeded in doing anything we started last year. In 2040, I think people will look back and say 2021 was the year it changed. Mm. I don't know what it was. I don't know that it's for the better. Mm. But I I mean, this year felt like a year of bubbling. I don't know, dude. I feel like there's like a a one or the other thing where you've got where we mm -hmm. either decided we never do anything about anything. And we just let everything roll inexorably towards our own self-destruction. Or it was the year that we all decided we don't do that. And yes. we, but it's not that actually actively change things. So Ben, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. <laughs> what I'm yeah. saying is, this is the first year I remember where everybody went, "Oh my God, nothing ever changes." Yeah, <laughs> right. That's a change, though. Mm -hmm. The fact that everyone has this feeling, and so this is one of those things that gives me a small bit of hope. Yeah, is that in 20 years sure. we'll look back at this time of everyone saying like, "Fuck this, no." Mm -hmm. And the event didn't happen that changed everything, but the change of sentiment did. Yeah. But, but my fuck this, no, nothing ever changes is like more people should think like me. <laughs> so I don't think it's causing anyone to change. I think, I don't know. People who are unvaccinated aren't going to be like, things need to change. I should get vaccinated and vote Democrat now. Well, sure. Well, I'm, th no, I'm talking about the end of capitalism. Yeah, that's more where I am on this, too. I think like that's either way. I don't think people are like, let's end capitalism. I think when it comes to that mindset, we very much attribute a lot of that to ideological anti-vaxxers and stuff like that because they're loud and they're amplified and things like that where I can't remember if I've mentioned it on here before or not, but like where a lot of things are like I live in a heavily black area um, and there's a lot of, you know, hesitation because people don't trust what the government does to black people. And my mom managed to convince a guy in like a five minute conversation to get vaccinated because he'd go around with like a mask on and all that kind of stuff. But he was like, I don't know what this vaccination is going to do to me. Um, and so like, I think to me, when I look at this year and think back on it, I think about the fact that like, it's not it's not just about that ideology like that, but it's about the fact that I think people all over the there's like a unification of classes and of of ideologies and things like that to say, listen, we are largely in the same boat. And that can either go where people dig deeper into the ideology of, well, then let's just separate it and some of us are going to do better. Or it can go to the thing where we go, wait, let's just all band together then and make a better world than we had before. 
And I don't know which one that's going to be, but it could go either way. But we've literally never done the second one. Well, we, well, I don't know that that's not true, that that's true. I mean, when you think about the Gilded Age and the Progressive Era, we absolutely did that. We 100% went, and that's why we have the work weeks we have now, and that's why we have the labor laws that we have now, is because in between 1880 and 1920, people went, oh, fuck, these oligarchs, and they banded together. And To bring it back to West Virginia not being the South. Right, right? exactly. started in West Virginia. Thanks, Joe Manchin. The government called the army in, and they shot people who were striking. Right. And they murdered U.S. citizens in the streets. And the citizens in West Virginia showed up with more guns. And they were like, oh, oh, you want to you want to try it? All right, let's do this. Let's do We dance. had a civil war. You want to get had nuts? another let's civil war. Like, that's yeah. what happened here. So that's but the this thing is the civil war we don't talk about. And there's a reason we don't talk about it. Exactly. Right? We're not taught about it. But there is a period of time that entirely shifted the way that the United States worked and that gives us the the things that we do have in terms of labor now. And so what we need to do and we see with things like what just happened with Kellogg's this week and what has been happening over the past several months is that we can change it if we all band together and we don't get tribal about it. I mean, that was a union, though. Fred Meyer happened this week, too, and that was a union specifically. Yes. Like, that's very different than Tucker Carlson's listeners and us. Some Tucker Carlson listeners are in unions. Yeah. (laughs) Not with us, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, they are not unified with us. We do not have... But that's the thing. It's like looking at, like, this mansion. Unions often pull together people across the political spectrum. They're disparate. Yeah, it's not just one end of it. Right, but we are not in a union with them. Who's we? You, us three. We're just taking three people who are... Well, I'm not so in a so union. I'd love to be. I'm in a union. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I'm not, I was when I was a, I'm a teacher, but I'm not now. Kellogg's and Fred Meyer and whoever else, like, are in a union together. Right. We are not in a union, like, the middle class or whatever we are are not in a union together. We are split so, left and right. So and you're not like speaking about unions, other, right? right? You're you're talking about people yeah. like collectively, t- ideologically, human. politically. Like, yes. Got it. Overtaking yes. the oligarchs together. I don't see how we can do that. They tried on January 6th and the left side was like, you're stupid. But that's the thing is like, I think what Jay and I are saying is in terms of this year, you have this opportunity where now we're seeing the things in which people, no matter what spectrum they're on, right or left or whatever, could either go, wait, we've seen the power of banding together as working class people and solving this stuff, or we just like, you know, fuck that off and we continue to be ideologically divided or whatever because of culture wars or whatever the case may be. But what we've seen here over the course of this past year is the fact that people can band together based on their class interests and so forth and try to overthrow the oligarchs and all this kind of stuff, which is pretty exciting, potentially, if we don't fuck it up. <laughs> Thomas Piketty's Capital in the 21st Century is basically about how every time you see these labor movements come up and the, everything boils to the surface in the 20th century, there was a world war. Mm-hmm. And world wars are ways of radically redistributing wealth. Also, look at the uh, plague the bubonic plague. This is yes. the exact the birth thing. of the middle class. Yeah, the birth of the middle class. Another way to look at it is it called by the losing watchery a smooth space, right? Lines get redrawn. Sure. 
you know, 60 years ago, Democrats were the racist Southerners. Lines get redrawn. And when the lines get redrawn, sometimes they can be to benefit us. But we have to be intentional and we have to act quickly. I just don't see a revolution happening or how it could possibly happen. I think it will. I don't know that it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Like, draw me a realistic path that I don't expect to happen, but like a realistic path to a positive revolution in the next 20 years. I Oh, I definitely can't draw a path, but I'll just tell you that in 100 years, I don't think America will exist, right? Something will happen. Sure. And everything is going to change. And in retrospect, people will look back and say like, oh, well, here's the moment everything changed. And to me, it feels like 2021 is one of those years where everything changes. But you don't see the event. It's the setup for the event. It's the, the everyone is at their tipping point. Mm. And you can't sustain that. And so something's got to give. I just don't understand why the good thing would happen. <laughs> what about national work stoppage? By whom? If it's national, everyone. Why would that happen, though? Well, it, it happens in France all the time. Other countries do this. Right. That is, when is that, it's not happened in my lifetime. Like, I don't... No, no, it hasn't. I can't see firefighters and police officers and nurses and all teachers and all... Whatever I do, like all aligning being like, yeah, stick it to the man. Let's not work today. They'd be like, no, 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 no. Trump and vaccinations and go. What's that guy's name? When they said, let's go Biden. Go Joe. Let's go Brandon. Let's Let's go go Brandon Brandon or whatever shit where it's just like, okay. I can't see people aligning enough to be like, yeah, let's do a work stoppage. So they cancel student debt. Consider the fact that most of West Virginia agreed with Build Back Better. That's the thing that I think of. And like that when Elizabeth Warren went into poor areas of the South and things like that, conservatives largely applauded her message and things like that. People know where their class interest lies. They just don't have a lot of say right now because money says more. But the more that we have these kinds of pushbacks from the working class, like we're seeing now in the Great Resignation and in these union fights and things like that, the more we're seeing that actually there is power as long as we stop letting people manipulate us into Mm -hmm. thinking it's about whatever race or immigrants or things like that. I mean, the flip side is that in 10 years, Amazon literally owns America. Right, exactly. That sounds way more probable. They basically do if you're just talking about like GDP. Right. But there is still technically some competition. Sure. Right. The Amazon doesn't own Apple. Right. Right. There's still the Waltons. Amazon doesn't <laughs> own Microsoft. Amazon doesn't own Walmart. Right. There is some competition between the monopolies. Yeah. That's right. Fair. Yeah. Right. Now imagine that there's not. Okay. That I could think could lead to a revolution. Exactly. That's a way to unite everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that it will. It right, could be a hundred years of, of dystopian matrix type stuff, right? Yeah. That it could be the worst possible future that we could even think of. But it does feel like we're on a nice edge right now. Yeah, I agree. Mom agrees. I absolutely agree. <laughs> I don't even have a clue where this came from, but I still feel great about the conversation. Sweet. All right, Corey, what's your game of the year? What game best represents 2020? The, <laughs> the knife's edge of Donut County. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's in the, it's in the same wavelength, honestly. It is. Uh, I because I thought of Donut County because it's obviously like a very anti-capitalist game in its own way, and it is you know a this raccoon just swallowing everything in this deep hole um, of 
consumerism and of capitalism and all of that kind of stuff. And it just felt very much like this year felt like a whole to me of of swallowing us all into this. And then the thing about Donut County is that it all comes back together again when everyone mm-hmm. sort of unites and figures out like We're shit, deep this in the was hole. wrong. We're deep in this hole and we are again all together here. That our interests are different than that ruling class. And so what we need to do to fix this is band together against them and create something new and, 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 you know, figure out how to fight back. And so, yeah, to me, even though Donut County is a stupid game about creating an ever expanding hole that a raccoon sucks down bits of their town in, it's ultimately very sort of reminiscent, not only of the feeling of just sort of everything being sucked into a hole that this past year has been, but also of what our, what we can do to get out of it. You know, getting together and saying, oh, shit, fuck the big corporation that's doing this to us. Let's fix it. Yeah. Uh, the game we are most looking forward to in 2022. I, for a long time, it was, I think in 2018, it was Psychonauts 2 and Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> that one was, cu- th- those were coming up for a while. Finally, they're both out, which is exciting. But I am most looking forward to my play date. Jason and I, for yeah. Christmas, or for our birthdays. Both of them. For everything, because it was a big gift. Got each other play dates for that. So excited to play more uh Game Boy Crank games <laughs> in first quarter 2022. And also, I feel like I didn't do a good job of saying, hey, we need to play more old games. We played a lot of new games in 2021. Mm, that's true. And there's a lot, not that we have to go back and play like these like broken games that aren't fun <laughs> just because it's like we have to play games from 1982. But like there's got to be gems from 1993 and from 2004 and stuff like that that fall more into the purview of like LucasArts retro gaming. So... We don't have to do all of those, but I feel like it'd be nice to sprinkle in a couple more next year. Let's each pick one for the coming year. Cool. Right? We've got some time to do it. But like one that I've I've wanted to play forever would be System Shock. And I think it's it's the game that started like the Bioshock, yeah. Prey, Dishonored, all the way into Deathloop, right? This this connects all those dots. And I wanted to play it back in the nineties when it came out. And it looked kind of scary. And I was young and I was like, I want to check this game out though. It looks really cool. So yeah, we'll think about it. We'll take the next couple of weeks and each cool. pick one. That'll get us through three games this I like it. year. Is an, an old game because also they're usually shorter than the new games too. Oh, I do appreciate and that. Cheaper and cheaper. So if you buy it, I you realize you can't play that. it. It was only four bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little less of a commitment yeah. financially. Core, what about you? I am very much looking forward to Evil Dead, the game. Yes. I mean. My mileage always varies when it comes to these horror games. I like the idea of them, but they don't always work for me. But I love Evil Dead. I love video games. Feels like it just seems like the right combination of things. So I'm very much looking forward to Evil Dead the game. And it's not new, but I'm super excited to continue playing Hades. Especially now that I have the left controller situation figured out. (laughs) So those are my big things that I'm excited about. Sweet. I did a rewatch of Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Uh, so much fun. A couple months ago. So good. It was one, in one evening because they're both like, I, think I mean, each of them are under an hour and a half. Yeah, they're quick like, they're movies. Great. Like, yeah. weird thing that just happened that happens a lot is I save Jack of All Graves and 
really jack of all graves because it's once a week and I save it for my long runs because it doesn't have commercials and you guys are great. And it's like, is, you guys are in this world. That's and the, we'll never have commercials. And it's the opposite of running. Whatever you do, like whether it's just like weird horror movies I've never heard of or like, hey, would you eat me if I died? Like that kind of <laughs> just creepy stuff. That's like unlike any other podcast or anything that I digest. And yeah, I so you just mentioned Evil Dead and I just instantly went back to this exact hill I was running on a year ago in Mount Shasta when Mark was talking about that charred piece of the cabin that he bought. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but he was talking about he was describing it through an audio medium like mm-hmm. pieces of Ash's house. And just like, <laughs> man. So yeah, thank you for what you do on Jack of All Graves. I'll listen to that oh, in 2022 yeah. as well. Yeah. I appreciate that. We're yeah. we're excited. There's more coming from Joag in this year, including a documentary we're working on. Oh, so exciting. there's a lot for hopefully people to look forward to from the Joag family. But yes, we are big Evil Dead stands yeah. nice. over at Joag. And Ben, I think your story is a reminder that it's okay that this is our first episode to ever go over two hours. Uh, you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Right? You're it's welcome. Holidays, Enjoy. You're in road let trips. Me, you're traveling. You're hanging out. Let me take us out of here with the game I'm looking most forward to, um, and it's Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. 2. Uh, and one thing I'm really excited about with that is Ben has finally played Horizon Zero Dawn, yes. and so we'll get to both play this and talk about it. It'll be really fun. Oh, so is this good. not available for whatever I no. have? Okay. That's one of the main reasons I, I will very much five. enjoy listening yeah. to you guys talking about it. Sweet. We will, for sure. It's <laughs> exciting. Uh, and then, as usual, we have our holiday soapboxes. Anything you wanted to soapbox on about? I, I basically, mine's simple, which is just you do you. Take care of you and yours. I think 2021 has taught me in just, like, getting a year older and, and my kids growing up and all that. I feel like I'm like tired of like watching shows that I'm just watching because it's in the zeitgeist or because Mm. my best friend said it was really good and I had to and I'm like suffering through it or like reading (laughs) a book that I'm just like hating every page of like do what you enjoy and if you're not enjoying it like unless it's like just good for you and you know like working out you're not enjoying it but like you got to stay healthy or whatever I know it goes against what we said earlier. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Find a way to work out that you enjoy. Don't exactly. There it, it is. Yeah, exactly. It. But yes. Gamify. Yeah, I get the idea. Um, but like the obligatory life's too short yeah. moment. I feel like I've had a lot this year. And yes, so, yeah, totally. We're just, have fun. Life's short, you know? All right. I 100% feel like I've gone through that same journey. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a little of a YOLO person, a little of a, you yeah. know. Yeah. But generally, I think that that is a thing I have felt more than ever. And where I've felt like... You know, when you were watching your parents when you were a kid and just being like, oh, they're so old and out of touch or whatever, but leaning into just being like, I have the interests I have and I'm not closed off to stuff. Like if new things interest me, I am very much for that, but not forcing myself to be younger, not forcing myself to have interests outside of like thing like not forcing myself to want to like something because i'm supposed to any of that kind of stuff like we have such limited time do what makes you happy and and i think for all of us too as sort of like the ex-vangelical crew totally this is something that like it takes till our mid-30s slash being 40 to (laughs) really get into but just sort of like Really being like, listen, I think over the past two years, we have been stripped down bare to what makes us happy and what keeps us sane 
and yeah. following those things is so incredibly important. So yeah, I think just to sort of piggyback off of yours is to just be like, you know, what I wrote in all of my senior yearbook things is a, mm-hmm. uh, was chase what ha- makes your heart flutter, nice. which is a dorky emo quote no. from that time. But at the same time, at age 36, fucking right, chase what makes your heart flutter and don't worry about what doesn't enforce yourself in anything. I feel like that's a good way to go into 2022 because, listen, we may be in climate apocalypse or whatever, but let's do what we can with what we've got. Yeah. By the and way, high school just, senior, we graduated high school. That was half our life ago. It was I just half realized our life when you ago, said that yes. those numbers. Yep. 36. Cool. Mm-hmm. Jason. <laughs> Literally. And just to connect some quick dots, uh, back to Deathloop and yeah. um, the whole Groundhog Day thing. Right, mm. of one day living over and over and over, mm-hmm. which is the plot of Deathloop, right? And so many other fun things. Which is the plot of 2020 and 2021. Yes. And which originates <laughs> from Nietzsche, his doctrine mm. of the eternal recurrence of the same. And yeah. he presents it as, say, you're walking through the woods, and this uh, supernatural being comes up to you and says, this life that you have lived, you have lived countless times before, and you will live countless times again, from your birth to your death, the whole thing. And then comes... The, the interesting part of it, where Nietzsche says, do you then look at him and say, you are a demon and be gone? Or do you look at him and say, you are an angel and I've never heard anything more beautiful? Mm. That's the entire like little thing. Yeah. But the idea is he's taken all of ethics and twisted it on its head. Because yeah. now it's a question of how do I live each day such that I would want to live my life again? Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? And it's not this pursuit of pleasure. right? That would be boring to live twice. Right. It's instead... How do I live a life that will make me happy? That will make me... Fulfilled. Proud to live the life that I want. Fulfilled, exactly, yes. And it's spend time with my kids, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, great. sometimes I'm short with them. And that's okay, too. Yeah. And being okay with that. Learning to be okay with that. It's not great. All of that stuff. But I do want to point out, Ben, do you see what I wrote in the notes before we even started talking about my soapbox? Oh, I, didn't, I thought you just wrote that while we were talking. No, I wrote it before we started talking. My soapbox is go on strike. Uh, find a union. Mm. Yeah, they exist all over, and not every industry has them, unfortunately. Dude. But unions don't necessarily have to be recognized by the National Labor Review Board. You can just get together with some coworkers and say, "Hey, y'all want to know how much I make?" Yep. Yes. Yep. Talk about your fucking salary. Yep. You can do it. Please. In fact, let's do it. If your boss says you can't, that's illegal. Yep. It's they can't illegal. do that. You can, yep. You could just say it. You could just post it. You could write it somewhere. You can put it anywhere. Put it you can talk about what questions they asked you in your interviews. That's scary. You can talk about your salary. All oh, that and we're stuff. told we're not supposed to talk about that stuff, but just think about who benefits if we don't, right? Qui bono. Qui bono. Dude, it's. Yes. Take control. We're in control. That right. is what I think all three of us can say from this yeah. is we're in control. Take it. Fucking grab it. Yes. Because this is our chance. We have the chance to go one way or another, and let's go the way that liberates us. Let's go the way that puts us in control. If this is the game, we win. And when you get scared and you think they are bigger than you, I want you to think of Kellogg's. Yes. And the strike that just went on, they just ended successfully. Mm -hmm. One of the key things they were striking for 
was not having a two-tier system for benefits, where people who came in didn't get the same benefits mm-hmm. as people who had been there for, I think it was five years. Mm-hmm. And make sure everyone gets the same benefits. Think right? about Small how easy like it would have been for those people with seniority yeah. to say... To just enjoy what they have. You know what? That's fine. And that's always been what's used to divide yeah. us mm-hmm. everywhere, to give someone just a little more rights now, than the people below and let them be satisfied with that. But to say that's not enough. Kellogg's is a gigantic company with mm-hmm. its roots in 19th century anti-masturbation uh, <laughs> ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look it up. It's true and weird. Anyway. It's true. I think there's a drunk history on it, in fact. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure there yeah. is. But they, they are gigantic. They are too big. You can't do anything to them, right? They can hire scabs. Right. Uh, during the last few weeks, people started posting pictures of Pop-Tarts that they had purchased from Kellogg's, you know, uh, that they made okay. with scab labor. And these are the shittiest looking Pop-Tarts you have oh ever seen. God. It is fantastic. All of the icing is on like one side. It's great. So whenever it feels you think, like the scabs were on board nice. yes. all the way across. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's so whenever you think these companies are too big to fail, just remember even Kellogg's couldn't make a Pop-Tart without yes. you. We have the power, friends. Let's take it in 2022. It's been tough getting older and having friends that are getting out of the middle class and then becoming the man. Mm, yeah. And their politics changing or their politics being like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I agree with that. But like, what am I going to do? I'm just one person. Like, Yeah. Or the old, you. like, you know, if you're a, if you're a, what was, what was that old? Supposedly Churchill. If you, if you're a conservative when you're yeah. 18, you've got no heart. If you're, yeah. if you're a liberal when you're 40, you've got no brain. I thought that was like Clyde Helms original. Yeah. A lot of people aging into that nonsense. Having things that they need to conserve. Fuck that. That's what I say to them. I try to say it in a way that doesn't cut me out of their will, obviously. To each according to their needs, from each according to their each ability. Each according to their means. Wait, say that again? <laughs> or means, yeah. Pro- to each according to their needs, from each according to their abilities or means. Uh, but the origin of that, yeah, Lenin, yeah, Marx, also Acts 2. That one's straight from the oh, Bible. Fuck, nice. it comes from the Bible. It, that was like, it's a communist slogan that's literally from the Bible. <laughs> Love it. Jesus was a commie. Weird. Mm. Imagine. Mm. Just something to think on. All right. And with that, we have kept you way too long. I don't know how much, the, how much of this is actually going to stay in the podcast. All of it. All of, of it. it. This is hour seven of the podcast. We'll see how much we can cut it down. <laughs> uh, but enjoy these. Anyone who's still listening to this podcast knows what they're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Or they jump to this point exactly because i wrote in the time code wrong where the bloopers start uh but yeah enjoy the blooper reel of fun christmasy things that probably weren't in the podcast or if they were they were weren't in the same context they're about to be in i can't wait yeah no no take it away take it away let's talk real quick um so i didn't i didn't do the homework but oddly as frustrating as it was i really enjoyed doing the dragons and instagram we have links to both of those on our uh, website. What's a lynx? <laughs> it's a lion. I can no longer do anything. This is perfect. I've reached completion. And it's just a picture of a goat next to lightning and fire, and it says, The land of Skyrule has been plunged into chaos. The attack by the evil army of Gotan, the Prince of Darkness. Because I don't understand what T means in terms of. Like a, uh, a venti <laughs> flat light with a coaxed meniscus, please. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Oh, no. Yeah, I had a friend in high school who coasted his meniscus and couldn't play for like six weeks. Mother. 
It's Michelle! Oh, Michelle, hey! They're, they're all saying hi. I know, I still love the hands. Everything's falling apart. <laughs> Our mics' heads are falling off! Wild? Wild. What's happening? No, no, I'm going back to tea. The British Empire had this right. I will colonize this entire land. Oh, perfect. Let's all take a big wee. Synchronized bladders. Let's do this. Let's do it. That's what it's turned into is her just silently sobbing. Yeah, just like quiet. Don't mind me. My name is Nora and I'm please old. Yeah, that's Nora and she's three. I like hearing you. (laughs) I'm indifferent. The blowhole is an outdoor, Ben. Only an outdoor. There were the shanties. It was incredible. <laughs> there were the shanties. Yeah. I turned the dial to shanty and boom. I would give a donut to um, Talia. Aw. I'm not like the other bourbons. I'm a wild young lady, but you know something? I'd rather be at home with my own drum. Mira and BK. Mira and BK. Mira and BK. Mira and BK. Feels really good when you hit someone with something. It was lovely. I just, I I not only played this game, I played our next game. I'm done with that, too. Oh. Yes. And I'm done with this red book. I was done with it the minute I saw it. Wow. And I'm hungry. You haven't played it yet? No. It just came out this week. No, we're saving it for month, okay? We're not going to cheat on our month games. Come on. I'm saving myself for month. Yeah. I love a death hug. Uh, the real key is when you start trading it for opium. Like, that there was really go. cool when I got that. That should be a new game plus. <laughs> new game plus. <laughs> I think I end up liking the game more than you. I think so. I really, really like uh, it. Because I think you, I think because you knew less. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I think it's because I like you're an the, idiot. Though. I like the pretty colors. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the pretty pew pew. This brain. And let me just, just say from the other side. Yes. Ben feeling overwhelmed mm. sometimes communicates itself as anger. Mm. And that anger feels like it's directed at you. Most things I do come across as anger. I've I've yes. discovered over ten years of marriage. Yes, and many ex girlfriends before. I gave myself a, a crick in my neck from playing it on the five inch screen. A crick? Yeah, a crick. Oh my goodness! I'm so sorry. Like a like a small creek. Yes, a creek in the south. <laughs> What were we talking about? It is we who plow the prairies, built the cities where they trade, dug the mines and built the workshops, endless miles of railroad laid. Now we stand outcast and starving amidst the wonders we have made. We grind, we rise, and we grind. But the union makes us strong. George Tylebiter wants you to play. It was a weekend that you and Megan came out. I think mom was there too. We ended up having 72 beers in 72 hours. Yeah. I cannot stress to you enough <laughs> that there is no further birth control technology, but you can chew your Viagra. Now, Here's how I kill people. How do you kill people? We kill people in different ways. It was great. Just watching him and then just screaming, pull me up, pull me up, there's a shark, pull me up, oh no, oh. No, 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 I mean, no, no, no. I like pizza. I don't know if I'd like necessarily Italian games. But. <laughs> yeah. What, the reptile? What? Like, what would you even call it if you made a miniature big? I don't even, like a, a tall, tallichers? Tallichers. That yeah, sounds yeah, good to me. that's what it is. Anyway. Miniatures! That's a super inside Helms joke there. I says, can't we do some miniature miniatures? Why do we have to keep doing bigotures? And that name suddenly, is it <laughs> Yes, they're big. They're not little. I said miniatures. You know. uh, what's Capra up to? He writes like country the hits. Con- everything on the top of the country hits. Yeah. Really? Please edit that so that it doesn't sound like I said he writes. Tim cut. Schaefer, thank you for all that you do. Um, in your name, Amen. R. Schaefer, who art in San Francisco. Right. Yeah. What? What was the term, Jason? I can't remember. 
I don't know what we're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let's talk about some of our favorite spooky game moments, guys. I've got one queued up. Okay. I'm ready. Ooh, I'm ready. Cheers. How cute is it? How cute is it? <laughs> that is that what you um, is that what you want for yourself? Um, but Mark's going to talk pretty soon, and things get kind of out of control. And let's just say the rest of the episode is rated mature. He once got mad that people. Oh, I don't care. Okay. He's okay. We can say that to each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to save me so much time. This is going to be a real short episode. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> You should listen back to this episode. You'll like it. I didn't hear you because yeah, you were talking gonna, when I was talking. You're going to have a real good time, I think. If I talk more, I don't have to listen. I learned that lesson <laughs> very young. <laughs> we'll get it in post. Ben will fix it. <laughs> it's my white claw. It's also lightly alcoholic, just like me. <laughs> but, uh, and it's just darn fun to play and, and cute to look at. And I was like, that sounds like us. Yeah. Oh, darn fun to play and cute to look at story of my life i'm fun to play <laughs> and i'm cute to l- no i'm just not me okay i'm sorry just edit me out i never said anything the beach stick to my balls cory you just said cat abilities when cat tributes was right there oh. it was just cat tributes oh. was just on a plate i haven't seen my family in two months how are you my husband's in california <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not just the speed, it's the size of the drops. Little nightmares. Little nightmares. Mom, he, wow. he realizes that this whole time he's been like, I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping you. And they're like, we don't need your help, dude. The real twists were the friends we made along the way. Beningitis. What is wrong with boomers? Why are they like this? I don't know. I don't know. Who? They had everything. Why did they end up like this? Right? How I sound, but I mock Corey's accent. Gmail.com. <laughs> Creme de la guest. Oh, no, gross. Mm, no, wish I hadn't said that. No. Move on. Nope, nope, nope. You're uh, not much of a gamer. You you play easy baby time frolics games like uh, uh, Dark Souls, right? Uh, Demon Souls and uh, Returnal. <laughs> Returnal. Returnal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying, and I love it. Get it? Again? With the same joke as before? Sounds like someone's been playing too much Donut County. I'm done with this pun. Very nice little interlude. Ben always gives it just a thin veneer of cruelty. And so I was like, I'm going to be very zen about this. My mom came down the stairs partway through and, and started talking. I was like, Shh! no, I'm beating the gold dragon. She was like, okay. <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> Lupin. Lupin. Oh, Kristen is obsessed oh, yeah. Lupin. with that. Lupin. 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 Ben's allergic. Yeah. M O L M F. M. There it is. Oh. Working from home is working for you. That's right. Well done. I chose Elysian Space Dust because oh. it's what I'm drinking right now. It's <laughs> a great beer. Classic. Right here. Classic Corey pick. Um, it's in my hand. <laughs> it's not the violence that you're against, it's the senseless exactly. violence. <laughs> I just want sensible violence. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah, <Perfect>. exactly. <laughs> you know, I just, I found the dragons like extremely satisfying. We're going to miss you, Ben. I know. Not very much, though. Nope. Because we're going to have Mark here. The new Ben. Mark! The new Ben. The new Ben. Can't tell him apart. Mm-hmm. 
in a dark garage. You cannot. A dark garage. <laughs> Ben's never met a button he won't press way too many times. When you're thinking about consent, think about my love of cranberry juice because your consent should be just as enthusiastic. It's tasty. <laughs> I like it. It's great. This sounds like fun. Yeah. Cool it. Just like calm your tits for a sec. It looked like I hurt that guy. Did it hurt me? No. Press it again. <laughs> Look at this. <gasps> you're making letter Kenny references. Oh. Sit down, relax. Crack open your favorite can of scotch. They come in cans. Oh, I wish. That's the dream, right? That is the dream. Then you can go backpacking with Why them. Why don't they come in cans? Why don't they come in cans? I beat it in plenty of time. At Mulf, we encourage enthusiastic consent. We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. U-T-I. 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 Yeah, give it that cranberry juice. You go. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> Love you both. Have a great Christmas and all that. Um, say hello to families and stuff for me. Oh, fuck you both. Bye. <laughs> Wow, sounds like we're all real horny. Uh, yeah, well, sometimes we are. You know, we record late at night, it happens, and we're usually drinking. So, uh, thanks again, listeners, for a great year. Thank you again. Uh, David Botluck, our greatest Patreon supporter. Uh, and thank you to all we of you. We don't Patreons. rank our Patreon supporters, Ben. How many times have I told you that? We do. They're all perfect to us. <laughs> David, you're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly David. But David's yeah. our favorite. God was created in David's image. <laughs> and his wife's friend. <laughs> uh, and if you have any suggestions for side quests, please throw them our way, whether they're things like the concept of sports. <laughs> as, like, as niche as that was. Uh, or is it something more abstract than that? Yeah, you should yeah. kick Jason and I off this podcast. <laughs> oh We're derailing God. everything. <laughs> this is great. Uh, yeah, but get ready for Hades first, or sorry, last Friday. Get ready for Hades. Get ready for Hades 2022. <laughs> if that's not a 2021 mood. Okay. Last Friday in January for Patreon supporters, or first Friday in February for non Patreons. You can find us at men of little moral fiber. M O L M M. Men of little moral fiber.com. On Twitter at M O L M M. Pod. Uh, Instagram, man out of low moral fiber. Email us, mumfpod at gmail.com. Ben, take us there. Take us there, Skitch. Beautiful. That was beautiful. As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. Woo! And I am a mighty Christmas pirate. I'm so fucking tired. Dude.